This is the Art of Darkness podcast with Kevin Kautzman and Brad Kelly. We're a couple of very online writers interested in the dark side of what drives creative people to create against all odds. This show is about art and the people who make it, what it costs them, and what it takes to bring something unique and impactful into the world. Each episode, we excavate the life and work of an artist you might think you know. Don't worry, they're all safely dead. On every episode, we try and find out just what the hell was wrong with them and how they worked through their darkness to create something that lives on after them and continues to move culture. Find us online at artofdarkpod.com and on Twitter at artofdarkpod. It's a spooky, is it a spooky Christmas? It's some kind of Christmas. <laughs> it is definitely a Christmas movie <laughs> that we are going to be doing awesome. tonight Yes, on, yes. on our ultimate episode of season two of Art of Darkness, artofdarkpod.com. No, we are not doing a watch party about Die Hard. No, we are not doing a watch party uh, for Elf. We are mm. doing a watch party for... Eyes, eyes wide shut. Yes. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, I have a mask uh, that comes from the the great theatrical production in New York City, uh, Sleep No More, which is very Kubrick infused. Uh, Brad, uh, during during pre production, the very uh, laborious pre production we did for this episode, has asked me to keep the mask on for the entire <laughs> recording wait is that what and, i said <laughs> yeah and so out of spite i will be i will be taking it off after we after we do our our business uh here i may put it back on later to sort of stay in in theme right, does that work right. yeah i mean do it do it do what you feel it doesn't mess up the audio too bad so so we're good all right so let me get a little housekeeping out of the way. This is not a typical Art of Darkness episode. This show is devoted to the dark side of creativity. Occasionally we watch movies. Occasionally we invite friends on to join us. We have a, a, an active Telegram chat where people are listening along. Hopefully they'll be leaving comments and things as we go. Kubrick is a subject that we covered. It was kind of a breakthrough episode for us where we realized we could go three hours and and stay strong. And mm -hmm. uh, we're all fans of Stanley Kubrick. I'm particularly a fan of this film. I think it is wildly underrated. Uh, and so we're going to indulge ourselves, give ourselves a little, a little Christmas treat, a little holiday treat. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to follow the good Dr. Bill uh, through the, the underworld of his own mind here tonight with our friends in the chat of course, Brad Kelly in Michigan. Then, and then, Brad, who did you who did you drag along to do this watch party? <laughs> well, folks who watched uh, 2001: Space Odyssey with us will remember the great Dexter De La Paz is with us. Uh, Dexter is uh, part of the Timeline Earth crew. He is the host of the Scarlet Thread Society, which is uh, well. Dexter, why don't you tell us about a little bit about Scarlet Thread Society, just so folks, hopefully, we can pull some folks towards that show because I I love I love your pod so. Dexter, first of all, thanks for joining us again. Really looking forward to this. It's cool to talk to you once more. And tell us a little bit about Scarlet Thread Society and what else you've got going on. So what the Scarlet Thread Society is, is really, it's a project. It's based around the idea of kind of legitimizing conspiracy theory. 
because even for people who are already into that sort of thing, I think a lot of people still let themselves cling to a veneer of, oh, it can't be real, though. And there's a lot of very serious doubt that mm-hmm. remains even in true believers' minds. And so I've made it the project of my podcast, comes out once a month, to really examine source documents, to talk to subject matter experts, to identify trends, and to explain to people just how very real a lot of this stuff is. Um, So, for instance, a lot of stuff I've been doing this past year has been historically uh, based. I've been talking about the International Bank of Settlements. I've been talking about the Vatican. I've been talking about how it's a little more plausible than people think that the rashes and waves of bank robberies we have in this country are maybe a little more connected than people think they are. And, you know, it's, it's things in that vein, right? We're trying to take the doubt out of history and show people that it is actually okay to connect the dots because that sort of yarn on the pin board, it's real. The connections are actually there. Yeah, no, that's exciting. And I, I have not caught the the one you just described about the bank robberies. That sounds that sounds awesome. And you know, you're you're in good company right now, Dexter, because I feel like a lot of us in the last couple of years have had to, some of us begrudgingly and others maybe a little gleefully, or at least in the sense of relief, had to kind of nod our head and say, Yeah, some of this stuff is real. At least some of this stuff is legit. Yeah, told you so. Exactly. (laughs) So, so yeah, that that's great. Everybody, you know, head on over there, check out what check out what Dexter De La Paz is doing. Uh, The true he is the true art, true heir of Art Bell. Um, And yeah, he's doing he's doing amazing work, and I'm so glad that he's willing to spend spend the evening with us talking about this great movie that has its own conspiratorial links, as we're going to find. Yes, it certainly does. Needless to say, when we do the Art Bell episode, Dexter, you'll either have to ride along or come on for a dark room. Okay, everybody. So one way to watch uh, or to enjoy these episodes, whether you're you're watching on YouTube or listening uh, on uh, the usual podcast channels, is to queue up the film and be ready to press play when we say press play. And you'll get almost like a uh, like a Wizard of Oz when the lion roars, uh, <laughs> rub rub Brad Kelly's skull, and uh, you'll you'll enter a, a dreamscape. Uh, so I've got the film queued up right now. It says Warner Brothers presents, and in about a minute, I'm going to say three, two, one, play. We're going to play the movie. The movie's going to be muted, and you're just going to hear us kind of riff along, talk about we're, what we're seeing. If anybody's commenting in Telegram, we may report uh, what they have to say, depending. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, we're also going to read some facts about the film as we go along. I know Brad has done some show prep. I have some links ready. And then I also have the Amazon X-Ray going, which gives little bits and bobs that sometimes add a little flavor or context to this film. This is definitely a film where I think if you feel like you've seen it once, you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. It's a rewatch uh, I would say. So uh, last little bit of business. This is the final episode of the year of 2022, season three. Next year on January 1st, Patreon, the starter rate goes up from three to th- uh, three to five. This mask is messing me up. Starter rate goes up from three to five. If you're in at three, you're grandfathered in. So you got a few more days to get in at that rate. 
After which, hey, five bucks, podcasts are not immune to to inflation. Well, hey, and we're also adding a big new feature that you get ah. for $5 that you didn't get for $3, and that's the Bookends AOD Reading Club. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to read uh, seven, seven or eight books over the course of the next year. Uh, we're going to have kind of daily conversations and discussion points about it. We'll be sharing stuff. Hopefully, hopefully you folks out there will be sharing stuff if you're in on the Patreon. Uh, and we'll be doing a, uh, a collaborative hangout Zoom in which everybody who's a pay, paid Patreon subscriber will be able to hang out, hang out, talk about the book. You know, ask questions, bring up stuff that they found, make points. It's it's going to be a blast. First book we're reading is The Great Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad uh, for the month of January. Yes, get your <clears throat> copies of Heart of Darkness. All of the links are at artofdarkpod.com, Twitter at artofdarkpod, patreon.com slash artofdarkpod. Okay, I'm going to take the mask off for now. <laughs> okay, good. I think that's pro that's probably wise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something something far more horrible underneath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, ready to rock. Let's go. So yeah, three, y'all yeah. got it queued up. Three, I... two, one. Eyes wide shut. Once again, big fan of the eyes wide shut fonts. Those are I, those are strong fonts. They are. They're very. They're you know a film by Stanley Stanley Kubrick. It kind of it kind of says it all, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. How much? Okay, we've got the tennis rackets in the back. Whoa. Yeah. Uh oh. Right Whoa. off the bat, eh? Ah, uh, yeah. Now no, right off the swinging. Yeah. One thing I want to note is notice that she's standing between two pillars in that scene. Some people have said that that is a reference to the pillars of uh, Boaz and Yakin, which are Freemasonic sim symbols, right? They're they're pillars that are involved in, in Freemason, mm, Freemason rituals. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. One one thing that I've noticed uh, upon repeated watches of this film is that their their set dressing, their symbolism, it's all it's almost like it's one scene that is sort of drag the the symbolic motifs are dragged through it in very subtle ways. There she is on the uh, on the loo, as they say, mm -hmm. uh, and and you know we've got these very profound lamps there on the left. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, not normal. No, doesn't those don't look like a normal uh, vanity lamps, do they? No, they kind of stand out. But everything else about the bathroom is typical, sort of like that's what a real person's bathroom looks like. Just stuff around yeah. and, you a, know, a, a, a real upper middle class person in New York yeah. City. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The lighting is and Kubrick. How many days did he take to do the lighting in that scene in uh, a full metal jacket? Five days to light the scene where uh, Pyle shoots the. The drill sergeant five days to light yeah. one scene Same. and you notice it immediately when you begin to watch one of his films it's mm -hmm. it's not like anything else i'd love to have it in high definition enough to look through that bookshelf that they just walked past because i <laughs> bet you there's a couple gems in there mm. it's there's a christmas tree right on the left isn't it mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah for, for the doubters christmas movie then <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's all. That's all it takes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a lovely apartment. Yeah. I mean, it's this is the this is a, a certain uh, lifestyle that many people would aspire to. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, it's not enough. It's not. Enough. There is another. There is another lifestyle <laughs> to which you could aspire. <laughs> you could. 
So is is this Epstein or is is this an Epstein type? This, do we the, think the uh, what is his name? Ziegler. Yeah, played by Harold uh, Ziegler, played by Sidney Pollack. I think is his yep. name, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he kind of is. Maybe. It it feels that way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of got that vibe anyways, right? For people who are in the know on that sort of stuff, that's exactly the type of guy. Or that's exactly the type of character. He's representing an archetype is what it boils down to. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you have, so look at these strange stars with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pointed stars oh, all I around. F- I found something about that. Hold on. Let's see if I can find Okay. That. All right. We're going to bring the heat, Brad. Bring the yeah, heat. I got we something go. on that. I think I didn't That's lose what we're it here for. Is it the star of Saturn? Uh, supposedly it's the son of Ishtar, which ah. somebody on Twitter named dog dogs live forever claims <laughs> is a sign of pedophilia. Now, I don't know if that that's actually Ooh. true, but <clears throat> well, was it, was it Ishtar a film that famously bombed? Yeah, I think it starred, uh, uh, Captain Kirk, I believe. Mm. Mm. Uh, our friend Will in the chat said only Kubrick could make uh, Christmas trees ominous. <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. 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 There is T. something me slash art of dark pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go on. Brad. There is something awfully uh, uh, banal about this party in a way. Like I don't want to be at this party. I don't know about you, Kevin. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. Now that I think about what well, and, and uh, the good doctor sort of suggests as much, doesn't he? he sort of mm. says this is it's a bit of a chore. He makes mm. house calls so he gets invited to the party. The reality is uh, that uh, Doctor Bill here is the help. Yeah, uh, he's he's at this party as the doctor for the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, what ends up happening is he has he has a bit of a a narcissistic injury here uh, at the beginning of the, the film where his status is sort of challenged. He mm-hmm. notice notice the pal that he has is the musician, also the help. Right. So this is a person who in his own mind, he's a, he's a, a successful doctor in New York City, but there's still a whole and he knows, yeah. but he doesn't know. Right. And this this film in so many ways is about him uh, coping and dealing with. <laughs> with his his station in this world of super elite power that he will never have access to and he will never understand. Yeah, there are there are levels and when you get to the level that the the that he's entering <laughs> it, it these people aren't doing anything shouldn't say that he's a doctor he's a guy who actually does something that the world needs out there right Mm -hmm. um however you feel about the present state of health of of healthcare, we need doctors these other people aren't doing anything that we need (laughs) (laughs) they're banging hookers brad well i mean okay somebody i guess somebody's got to do it alive right yeah, they're job creators. <laughs> oh, is that what they are? I mean, okay, so let's just pause though. I, I have to just confess Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman both are magnificent in this film. They are very they're good. tremendous. And one of the things we're going to talk about on the After Dark for Patreon is the set 
and the making of this film and what mm-hmm. that was like, because of course they were married at the time. Right, right. Yeah, and and Kubrick ended up wanting to have an actual married couple. That was apparently part of what he wanted to do. He wanted to have a married couple acting in this look, film to, to play on that tension. Look over her head, and she's framed just underneath these multiple five-pointed stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were three of them just overhead. No way that's a coincidence. No. There are all these sort no of way. weird, yeah, occult-ish symbols that are not really associated with Christmas. It's like there's a layer of occultism Mm -hmm. uh, or hidden symbolism on top of what looks to be a Christmas party. Right. These are are people who say happy holidays. (laughs) They are, yeah, 100%. And I think just in terms of my own wheelhouse here, the important thing to remember is this sort of thing is exactly what they do to filter the people who are ready to enter that next circle of influence, right? That's one of the huge things with this movie. You walk into that room, you think you're a big shot, but then once you get there, you only know if you know, right? And you get the invite to the after party once you demonstrate you know what's up. And that's why these things in real life and in fiction like this are always littered with that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this party probably started at like 933 or something and Bill just mm-hmm. thought it was odd, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're I think you're absolutely right. Right, and she's being solicited for some rough and tumble you know a rowdy hump by the statues. Right. Right off the jump. Doesn't he say <laughs> I'm Hungarian? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm American. and and it's not that she doesn't go for it she doesn't go all the way for it but she's i mean this part of what this film's about is she's playing at the edge of flirtation he is oh she's oh she's it yet yeah they're no they're flirting well i mean the edge between flirtation and actually you know Mm. uh, an act of out and out infidelity indeed yeah Yeah, Yeah, so there's bill talking to these two these two women Yep. Well, and don't they say so uh, at some point he asks him or he asks him, where are we going, ladies? And they say to where the rainbow ends. Yeah, what's which, that mean? Well, and of course, you have Bill and Alice. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a bit of a Wizard of Oz reference there, which for MK Ultra aficionados, like I'm sure our friend Dexter is that all that stuff is layered in. And of course, <laughs> what's the name of the the shop where he ultimately purchases his mask and his uh, his gear for the party? Oh, I don't know. What is it? Rainbow something? Rainbow fashion. Ah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Not not very <laughs> subtle. No. Let me see. Yeah. What... It feels like that's one of those parts when we get to it later, though. It should hit you like a sledgehammer if you caught it. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of intentional. Is that mm-hmm. that one's supposed to slap you in the face a bit? Yeah, yeah, naming the shop that and and all of that. But there's something about there's something about specifically saying the end of the rainbow because the end of the rainbow there isn't anything at the end of the rainbow in reality, right? Mm. It's a it's a fictitious sort of the whole thing is kind of, there's there's a, there's no there there in a certain Brad, way. Brad, you are I'm taking away your Irish card. <laughs> there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, my friend. <laughs> that's what that's just what we tell the English to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, go over hey, that hill. Be, yeah. be careful. <laughs> oh man! Of all the things that are going to get us in trouble, it's a pot of gold. 
Ah, uh, we love all our listeners. I was, uh, you know, you, you can see the map of the, you know, the, uh, we have English listeners. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the accusation that this film is slow is uh, hilarious. Yeah. I, I, there are slow films out there, but this is certainly not one of them. Hmm. And the nod to the the novel, the novella, uh, Traum Novel, Dream Story mm-hmm. that it's based on. They're waltzing, or they're you know, there's if they're not waltzing, there's a you know, waltz music and, and mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I will read a little bit from the uh, Traum Novel on the After Dark as well. It's a good read. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Uh, it's a concise. You could see that he that he drew on it as source material. Obviously, he, he extrapolated as he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got something from an article um, uh, called Another Squinted Eyes Wide Shut, a postmodern reading that appeared in Modern Austrian Literature. Uh, just to give me a second, there's Frederick Raphael, who was helping out Stanley Kubrick writing this, um, basically said to Stanley, um, it was possible, I told him, but hadn't many things changed since 1900, not the least the relations between men and women. They were talking about making the, making the book happen in the present. And Kubrick said uh, about changes in relations between men and women do you think so i don't think so i thought uh frederick raphael thought about it and then said neither do i so (laughs) kubrick believed that you could just transport relations between men and women 100 years and it's still basically the same i think that's probably fair now do we think that both of these two having these respective encounters are they being invited into the club like if she if they both went along with it, mm. is it leverage for the cult or are they missing out uh, on on the invitation? You know, uh, I think. OK, you got to see those men in the foreground there underneath that statue because they come right. back later during the, uh-huh. the the possible kidnapping of the, the daughter at the very end of the film, which everybody misses. OK. So, Kevin, you're saying, do you think that that was an effort to get sort of compromise on these two? Or was that is it just that's what they do at this party? Right. At, uh, in this, at this level. Are are they being invited to the after party? Mm-hmm. Does it? I don't know. I mean, that party later seems to be very well established and well ordered. But right. again, I think we we do slip into a kind of dream or fantasia. So this is all fuel for his potential fantasia. Or did it really happen? I don't know. But is this how they is this how they get you to join up? And suddenly you're I mean, p- clubs like that exist and they're not nearly as uh, uh, sexy or fun as as this would make it out to, no, to see. Right. No. Uh, yeah. So not that I've ever been in. Yeah. Right. Look at yeah. Typically just sweaty, gross. Kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> that photo behind him right now, behind uh, Ziegler, reminds me of the art that is in the, uh, the Podesta house uh, mm. a little bit. Mm. And it's got this creepy, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of like sex. Like if you, if they go to him again, I think you'll see it. It's, well, and and the the palette of this room reminds me of room two three seven a little bit. It's a bathroom. It's a very unusual bathroom. Uh, you've got that kind of strange green. I guess it's almost kind of Christmassy too in its in its way. You've mm. got these deep reds, uh, and uh, and this is this is Bill. Uh, there's a reason Bill was brought to this party. Uh, Ziegler knows they're going to be, they're going to be doing drugs. He's got a lot of, uh, aging guests. 
you're <laughs> right. we gotta have a doctor i mean we just have a doctor at the party of course we invite yeah. a doctor and of course yeah. he shows up and, and and hey get to work right yeah and now it's almost like reverse compromise mm. it's almost well, like exactly right and i was going to bring this up earlier when you were saying does this feel like the invitation i think this is what it is more is Bill is being given a chance to show himself as useful. And it's after that they decide if he gets the invitation. Mm, right. He's not yeah. being invited, but he's given being given the chance to earn his invitation. Right. Both by doing a doctor and then also by not sort of reporting this to the police or something, right? I mean. Right. Yeah. You know, just a... how far can we trust this guy? Can yeah. he be our guy? Right. And well, and we join us. Right, right. Well, and we've already met Ziggler's wife. Uh, we meet her at the beginning of the party, and what Zig Ziggler's upstairs shooting smack with a, a high class prostitute. Minutes later, like, what kind of? <laughs> again, this is not a Christmas party. This is a holiday party. Yeah, <laughs> right. They are not uh, no, celebrating. Some very Ed Bucky vibes, if you think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's coming around. Okay, she's coming around. This is also a very weird bathroom, though. Look That's at what I'm thing. saying. It's very yeah. unusual. Uh, I mean, this would be an entire studio apartment for somebody in, in <laughs> right. different different circumstances. It'd be a nice studio apartment. Yeah. You throw a twin yeah. bed down there. Yeah, you'd be yeah. all right. You got a bidet. Yeah, yeah. You I just mean, put up one of those kind of you know a divider around those toilets, and you're, you're upper Upper East Side. This would be a five thousand dollars studio apartment. <laughs> You get a hot plate, you be living large. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Yeah, no, it's I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very. Uh, yeah, and it as uh, so a general trivia, Paul Thomas Anderson made a visit to the set where he offered Tom Cruise the role of Frank T.J. Mackey in Magnolia. Oh, really? Yep, and that's Julian Davi Davis as Mandy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I gotta um, keep this X-ray open. This is some good stuff. Yeah. Apparently, uh, as people may know, Kubrick died uh, six, four days before this was rele released. I believe. Um, Very something. Before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and apparently it was just six days after he'd released a he'd he'd shown a final cut to. Uh, family and friends and the star and tom cruise and, and all of that he died just six days after that um, yeah they zapped him with the ray gun well there is some conspiracy theories about that for sure because uh he he died in his sleep um from a supposedly a myo myocardial infarction which supposedly some some folks say is uh fairly easy to induce through poisoning so there are there is a argument to be made that somebody may have poisoned him in his sleep. You know, the Kubrick stuff was already going on, but it's that oddity about his death that really puts so much of the mystique around him into overdrive. And yeah. I was uh, marking to someone earlier, I don't recall where, it was just earlier today, talking about this upcoming event, that whether or not this is a literal depiction of how the system works or not, it mm. is close enough in representation and symbolism that whatever was in that final cut may have been uh, to reveal it. And in fact, mm. uh, Kubrick's own daughter allegedly 
and she's pretty vocal about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We had another uh, spicy take in the chat from Travis. Uh, no shirt and suspenders is a powerful vibe. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good look. <laughs> Talking about uh, Ziggler, and then Will has another one. He's saying that Hungarian is hypnotizing Alice with that weird revolving waltz. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, no. and, it, and it is. It's hypnotic. I mean, in in the film, act, acts as a kind of hypnosis. It puts you. This film is much as anything Kubrick did puts you in a kind of an altered state of consciousness if you really put the lights out go with it uh watch it for what it is you do get into a kind of a somnambulistic state at least I do I think people go this is boring I'm like no he's 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 putting you to sleep so you can enter this dream he's setting a pace yeah to that point I think that's exactly why people mistakenly think it's slow so often Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because as much as that dance is hypnotizing, he is 100% hypnotizing us yeah. while we watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we cut ju- we cut right to Nicole Kidman just uh yeah, and then here comes Tom. He knows what he wants. He's all he's all horned up. He had to he had to go and uh, play doctor to this uh, passed out prosty. Well, and she <laughs> she is too. Alice is pretty horned up too. I mean, yeah, talking to yeah. that handsome Hungarian gentleman, and mm. she's uh, she's Hungarian for for some cruise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny in just twenty some years, him being shirtless in this. If they made this movie right now, he'd have to be jacked, like mm. for this oh, for them to even do this scene. Hundred percent. Yeah. Now he's just like a norm, like a, you know, a fit, fit guy, but. Well, and, and, and here he is. He's a working man. He just came from that party and we don't think about a doctor who has his own practice. Maybe it's, his, you know, whatever it is, but he is, he is the definition of the petit bourgeois. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, he is in New York city relative to these people. He's middle-class. Yeah. He's the help. Yeah. Uh to to somebody living uh you know uh somewhere in New Jersey managing a Chipotle. Well, and she's <laughs> living she's living a very um, normal domestic housewife situation, right? They don't mm-hmm. have a they don't have an au pair or whatever. <clears throat> well, they have uh they have a babysitter occasionally. She yeah. used to manage, she used to manage the uh art, art gallery in Soho, but now right. she doesn't anymore. It went bent, it went broke. Mm-hmm. So clearly they weren't part of the cult, huh, Dexter? If they're in the cult, if you're in the cult, your art sells. Your art goes oh, for right. millions. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're in the loop, your art is the art that gets used for money laundering. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our our DMs are open. We will create <laughs> if you if you belong to this group and you want, we'll create tears for you on patreon we'll create the eyes wide shut tier uh you just tell us what you need <laughs> within reason within reason there's no such thing as within reason with those people mm. Mm. yeah he's watching some football yeah yeah is that that tv's at least plugged in unlike uh the yeah, shining right yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is a good uh this is a good uh drug movie i forgot that she she yeah. blasts off here and oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, dexter isn't there all there are all sorts of uh conspiracy theories about like naval intelligence aren't there 
I mean, that's a bit yeah, of a bit open ended. So that's kind of going down the uh, the mind control rabbit hole, right? Because as mm. deep in it as the CIA very obviously was, you know, I tend to believe we only were allowed to find out about the CIA stuff to hide the stuff that naval intelligence specifically was doing in Laurel Canyon out in California. Oh, so it's, okay. CIA, all because, that, it's all a limited hangout, us knowing about the CIA. <laughs> some of it was probably accidental and some of it probably is real, but some of it was definitely to take the heat off other projects. And the historical record does reflect that for people who care. Mm, very interesting. Here's a goof. Crew or equipment visible. When Alice goes to the bathroom cabinet, the camera is reflected in the mirror when she opens the cabinet door. It mm. and the cameraman are hidden under a white sheet with just a black square lens showing through. Okay, goof. Right. Are there yeah. goofs yeah. in Kubrick? <laughs> I don't know. I I I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You know, some people will say this wasn't like a finished cut and he didn't, you know, because he died and everything. So hmm, yeah. who knows? I always assume intent with Kubrick. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even notice that even if it was a goof i mean he was still hiding a camera behind a white sheet would anybody else even do that right just in case you to, caught it in the mirror or right? to, like it might affect light in the room it right. may yeah. in a subtle way that nobody else would care about yeah, yeah. Mm. i just don't think you can ever assume there's any accidents with this guy's work you really can't no right how would that even make its way to the cutting room floor he looked at every single pixel Right. He looked at every single frame over and over. And yeah, right. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she gets kind of uh, jacked up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, continuity. Now, he, now yeah. he doesn't tell her. He doesn't tell her about the prostitute up there, obviously. Here's one. When Bill and Alice discuss her near infidelity, the ashtray they were using when smoking the joint appears and disappears from the bed. The tapes and CDs are in different positions and Bill's hand jumps off Alice's hip. Yeah, that's maybe not a goof. Have you ever been high? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I swear to God that ashtray was right over there. Yeah. Have you ever watched Eyes Wide Shut on weed? Again, I, I just assume intent with Kubrick mm-hmm. all the time. He, he's trying to take you into a, a dreamy place. And we know he did this. I mean, this is this is documented exhaustively in room 237. Chairs that disappear from cut to cut that you don't notice until somebody points out. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah. So funny, this x-ray keeps showing me it's Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Like, yeah, we know. I know who who they are. (laughs) I know this. I know this by now. I mean, that's how they sold the movie. Yeah. I mean, do you remember? I mean, the campaign around this movie is going to be so sexy. And Mm -hmm. oh my God, what are we getting in for? And then he just he just drops this bomb on on, like normies. (laughs) They got it, they had to like superimpose bodies so it wouldn't get an X rating because we can have like Sin City, we can have like people chopping people's heads off left and right, but God forbid you show yeah. people, uh, you know, getting down in right. passing. Yeah, right. The lighting too. I mean, that lighting in the bathroom is so reminiscent of the blue from the uh, uh, from Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like a little play inside. The film 
Mm-hmm. It's like a little play that the two have. Uh, and that's a feature of many fine films that I, obviously as a playwright, but also just as a cineast, uh, cinephile, really appreciate. I love when movies pause long enough to give us an eight-minute scene. They yeah. got And they got to know their lines. And they got to know what they're doing. You can't. Yeah. You can't hide behind little film actor tricks for a scene like this. Right. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and that's probably especially noteworthy in the day and age of cinema that we live in now, where it's just smash cut to action scene, smash cut to next action scene. They -hmm. still do this sort of thing, of course, but it's, yeah, it feels to me like a dying school. And you guys can correct me there if I'm wrong. Because no. I'm not as deep into film as you guys are, but yeah, no, you're totally right. I mean, I think in a in a in a lesser hands, this scene here in particular would have been a couple minutes long. It would have dropped some key exposition just just to set things up, and then you would have moved on to the next thing. Even if it was kind of a, a more of a drama than it was a than it was you know something else. But here we're actually they're actually playing this out. This is like as much as it is about what they're specifically saying, it's about this is what a marriage is like at some at some at some points. Right. And it's it's playing with your expectations as well for like, what is this movie gonna be? Are are, are we gonna see these two get down? No, we're gonna see right. her get high and combative. Right. Uh and and he's already and he has to, he does have to hide something from her, which Brad pointed mm-hmm. out, and she's picking up on that. She knows yeah. something, he's hiding something, something there is hidden. Yeah. Something well, he there. went up, he went upstairs and disappeared for a while. She right. did not. Right. Uh, right. Even though the Hungarian made the offer. Uh, so there's a power imbalance in the relationship now. And of course, he cannot. He 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 feels like he can't tell her because it would betray Ziegler's confidence. Mm-hmm. And he's he's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. don't tell Alice that Ziggler like right. had a prostitute overdose at the party. Right. Well, because because Bill wants to be in that circle. She does, mm. too. But th- that's something that might that might break the whole thing down for them making a foray into this world. Got another uh, banger from Travis here. Bill is not even the help. He's the help that maintains the help. <laughs> he true. is. Yeah. He's like a, uh, he's like an electrician. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> or an auto mechanic. Yep. Yep. That is dark. Mm. Yeah. And he has to feel. Mm. There's probably something to that too, because mm. especially in that sort of thing, your little Party favor guests are more important as long as you don't damage them. And yeah. That's why you've got Bill there, right? He's the maintenance yeah. man, not even a doctor. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, what's the? That's that's they're they're the real interest of the party. A lot of that dance waltzing downstairs is sort of the like play acting at being upright, uh, you know, sensible people, cultured people. Yeah. You kind of get the impression they're maybe not from the city, like yeah. the way that, yeah. And not that Ziggler is from, that nobody at that level is from the city. <laughs> like right. they're not, they're, it's no. whatever. Mm-hmm. Call them what you want. I mean. Transplant mm-hmm. parasites. 
uh rootless cosmopolitans i don't <laughs> yeah, know yeah. what do you want to call it i mean you know i've, I've met a few um yeah. and god love them i mean uh, i'm going to the paris home oh, there's oh, oh, there's what i just from a storytelling standpoint i want to point out something that's happening in this conversation because i think it's really well done the writing of this has, has made it such that she is sort of mad at him because he has said that he is convinced she'd be faithful Right. Which is just a, it's a beautiful turn. Right. It's like mm. he's basically like, I completely trust you. And that to her is hilarious and and worthy of contempt. Um, it's just a cool way that this scene has played out. Here's some trivia. According to writer Frederick Raphael, a few of the proposed titles for the film were You and Me and The Female Subject. Stanley Ooh, that's Kubrick a bad one. Per- personally chose Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, good job. The, fem- the female subject is not is a bad title. Ooh. Stanley, I think you got a future in film. <laughs> <laughs> Can anybody guess who one of the first people that Kubrick wanted to put in the Tom Cruise? Because because Kubrick had the rights to this film for I think twenty years. Who Kubrick wanted to put in the role of Bill early on? Would it have been? It had to be somebody who was who was married to a, an actress, right? Apparently not in the first round. Hmm. Hmm. Wouldn't it, would it be funny if later. it was how about uh Gilda Radner and Gene Wilder? <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> it would have been a little less sexy. Uh different movie. Uh Steve Martin. Oh. Originally Ooh. Kubrick wanted to go for more of like a deck, and this is 20 years before, right? It was actually made. His clearly his thinking about it evolved. Originally, he kind of wanted like a dark comedy sex rap sort of thing. Hmm. hmm. That turned into a different movie, didn't Very it? Very much, yeah. Not a lot of humor in this movie, which I think also frustrates people and uh, lends to that attitude. Oh, it's slow, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I also think men get frustrated because it sets you up for one thing. It becomes something else. And he gets he gets cocked by his, like, psychologically cocked. After the narcissistic uh, injury at the party, I'm mm-hmm. not all that. This mm-hmm. guy who I thought I knew is not that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you got to remember, too, so much happens between now and the scene where he and Ziggler are at the billiard table. But Ziggler's also talking about what Bill saw. Right. It's all a through line because Mandy's at that party. It's all the same story. Uh and is Ziggler, is Ziggler the kind of guy who will disappear you if you start talking about the prostitute at the holiday party? Right. And the, the drugs the, and the yeah. And the drugs. And like you're what are we talking about here? And it's to Bill's credit that he keeps the secret and that uh <laughs> yeah, it's to his credit. Uh mm-hmm. but he but he's also he's a curious guy and that yeah. kind of gets that gets him in serious trouble right right he steps right out of line yeah again we're still in this incredible scene that mm-hmm. is like a little play like if this was a 10 minute play by a, like a young playwright this this would be an amazing 10 minute play you would just yeah. go holy moly mm-hmm. yeah now yeah she's yeah. Yeah, and of course we're coming later. You know, what's the the password for the the party? Fidelio, and what does mm-hmm. it mean? It means faithful, right? Right. And so they're 
Yeah. Let's see here. Audio-visual unsynchronized. When Alice is telling Dr. Bill her confession about the naval officer, the audio has her saying, you and I made love, while her lips move to say, we made love. In the context of the following sentences, it's clear she was making love to Dr. Bill, but from the preceding lines, her we made love could have ambiguously referred to her and the officer. Again, Mm. accident or are you being... Right. Are little things kind of creeping into your brain? Because Dr. Uh, he's had he's had a few puffs too, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. He took mm. some drags off that when the asteroid disappeared. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will is saying supposedly Kubrick also considered Bill Murray. Yeah. If true, big news. Yeah. <laughs> and our friend uh Isaac is saying Todd Field is Fidelio guy. Lots of similarities to Tar actually in this film. Tar? Oh, I've I've not seen Tar's a new the new Todd Field film with uh mm. Kate Winslet. She's this mm. amazing composer and 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 conductor mm. and it's apparently quite good. I have not seen it yet. I saw Kate Winslet once at a theater in London. She was mm. having dinner. We were like, mm. right there. I'm like, wow, I'm a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm at the wrong party. <laughs> yeah, that, that class anxiety. That's another thing that uh, Americans just don't like. It kind of sets us all haywire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem fair or equitable. Right. That Dr. Bill, he's got one vote. Just yeah. like that Ziggler fella. <laughs> uh, you, right. One vote at the PTA meeting. <laughs> well, and here's another case where he's he's called, you know, on a on a house call for this mm-hmm. for swell society, for polite right. society. He's and he does it, and he 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 is a good doctor. Uh and, and one gets the impression that he's ingratiated himself into this network of of Upper East Side. Uh, or wherever it is, east or west. I think it's the Upper East Side. Yeah. Uh, uh, arist- aristocracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived over in the Upper East Side for a while. It's a trip. Mm. You got Museum Row, multi, uh, multi million. You've got the richest people in the world. And then you walk north of 96th Street and you've got projects and mm. Spanish Harlem and slum living and, you know, not slum, slum ish. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. crazy. New York, Manhattan is nuts. And then mm-hmm. Epstein down on in the whatever the fifties or the sixties or whatever it was. Yeah. Now yeah. there is a there is a moment there where Bill, Doctor Bill, is uh, sort of imagining um, Alice with the naval officer, right? Um, which apparently didn't happen, but was clearly her fantasy. So he's imagining it. Um, there is some speculation on the internet. Again, big asterisks around this that Kubrick actually didn't like Tom Cruise because of the Scientology stuff and just the general (laughs) celebrity kind of stuff. And that he was in a way kind of trying to psychologically torture Tom Cruise. Part of what he would do to do that is you film, you bring him and his wife on the set. um, And then you a few times subject her to, I mean, she's still, that was a fantasy image, her sleeping with the Naval officer. You still had to shoot it. Right. 
And so, you know, with Kubrick's famous long takes, here he is just, uh, we'll sit around on set while this naval officer molests your wife for the next two hours. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much truth there is to that, but. Naval well, officer. No base mm. if true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> naval officer played by a fellow named Gary Goba, which uh, that had to really stick the knife in. When he walks into this apartment, there's a Christmas tree right to the left, which is another, it's a little move that comes back when he walks into the, the street prostitutes apartment later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is another continuity goof from x-ray which these are these are not goofs Uh, i'm just going to come out and say it no way when bill is going to the room where marion is there are two tables in the corridor with the sculpture on each one when carl arrives some minutes later the sculpture on the first table has disappeared Hmm. no way somebody is picking up and moving this there's just no way on a cubic set yeah yeah, well, whoops. No, no, away. there's just no way. Yeah. So yeah. this guy has died and he's literally gone over there just to show face. Well, he's he's the attending doctor, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh these are I mean, I'm I hate to say this is billable time. No, it's true. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you, you think their apartment is cheap? <laughs> That's right. I mean, what do you think he bills? I worked for a, a, a child psychiatrist uh, for a short period of time on the Upper East Side. You know what her hourly was? I uh, guess no, no, uh, three hundred dollars an hour, five hundred an hour, five hundred an hour. Oof. Not too shabby. Yeah, yeah. She spent very few weekends in the city. <laughs> Um, it's one of the first things you realize when you move to Manhattan is most of the, uh, or move to New York city is most of the swells. Yeah. They don't got something going on. They're out of town for the weekend. They're out yeah. of town for the summer. Yeah. 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 This, this, again, this is another little funny little play and there, the, she has an, this is, this would be a fun uh, scene to direct as a, as a director in terms of working with actors, because, she has one one motivation here, uh, and that only she knows until the very end. And mm. he's reading grief. Right. <laughs> She's she mm. wants something else entirely. So mm. those are great ironic little <laughs> right. scenes. And again, it's about human desire. And well, well, yeah. that plays off of what what they were just talking about in the previous scene, where where Bill was basically saying, when a woman is involved in a medical situation, I'm paraphrasing him, obviously, she's the last thing on her mind is sex. And Alice right. is all mad about it. He's like, that's just how women think. That's just how women are. And then this scene <laughs> happens, right? Right. Like, right. Immediately after. But in furthering the leitmotif in the film around not seeing the thing that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which brings us to the final scene, which nobody seems to see the thing that's right in front of them at the very end of the movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. There, he got a position at the University of Michigan. She's going out to Ann Arbor. You're neck of the woods. Yeah. Then, Brad, and he just Brad. said, well, Michigan's a beautiful state. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure she's going to love Ann Arbor, Leave, yeah. leaving Manhattan, going <laughs> to Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's not going to create any uh, social anxiety. He's not going to have any status anxiety. Yeah. It's a good school. Yeah, well, it is a good school. Yeah, it actually is a good school. And Ann Arbor is is beautiful. Yeah. It's, a nice, it's a nice town. It's not Minnesota. It's the other Ann. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> 
we got a little thing go dexter you or you, you get it dexter gets it this guy gets it dexter's squished between the two i was in wisconsin guy. right in the middle of yeah. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. You're in the keg of America. This yep. is great. We're if, if on the risk board, we're we're we've got a little uh, yeah. stronghold here. Yes, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. We just need somebody from the, the UP. Right. And she just goes right in and just starts kissing him. Yeah. I don't want to go to Michigan with Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I want at least. Oh, oh! I forgot that she's like. I remember she wanted like wanted him. I forgot that she was like madly in love with him. Right. It is Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean, he's got you know he's got a tooth in the center of his mouth. You ever noticed that? I'm not the first person to notice it. A his tooth fr- in the his, center. His, of his teeth, mouth. like his the, the one of his front teeth, instead of the line between your teeth being lined up directly with the, the meridian of your face, his tooth is. So it's like this whole row of teeth are like shifted over a one hmm. half tooth. I have hmm. never noticed that, but I'm going to be staring at his face intently the rest of the movie now. Yeah, we'll see. We, you, it's yeah. It's apparently, apparently it's definitely a Next real year, thing. You're I gonna don't miss know all how the, I'm not noticed. Yeah. You're going to miss all the good parts then, buddy. You got to <laughs> take your eyes off Tom at some point, my friend. Trust me. Yeah. Is this Carl? Here this comes is Carl. Here comes Carl. So we've got cucking upon cucking so now he is he is the naval officer yeah right this guy does kind of look like a poor man's tom cruise Mm. you know what he looks like he looks like too right i think so yeah he looks like uh tom cruise uh combined with what's the what's the army of darkness guy Mm -hmm. yeah what's it gosh uh i gotta look at bruce campbell yeah he looks like tom cruise combined with bruce campbell Yep. This is my boomstick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then the dead father frame. And doesn't that, doesn't the dead father, doesn't that, and the room, isn't it reminiscent of 2001? It is. Yeah. Mm. Mm, very much. Mm. You got the Florida Lee everywhere, mm. which is a symbol of royalty. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we, what are we really watching here? You got a, mm-hmm. this kind of, Greek mask on the very left, this sort of theatrical mask. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure that they just misplaced a statue in the middle of shooting. Right. Yeah. I'm certain. <laughs> you know, there's no symbolism, like subconscious, you know. Okay. Thomas Gibson plays Carl. By coincidence, Tom Cruise and Thomas Gibson were both born on July 3rd, 1962. Oh, by coincidence. Sure. Yeah. Kubrick is casting. He's like, I got to find somebody who looks. Who's, you know, you just go through the casting calls. Same birthday. Let's go. <laughs> Error in geography. UK road signs and road markings are seen in New York throughout the movie. That is one of the complaints that. I recall people levying against this film. I was like, it doesn't look like New York. I'm like, it is, it's a dream. Right. He right. is, he is, he's, even if he's walking around the real world, he is now slipping into a, 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 a fugue yeah. of, of rage. And mm-hmm. right. It, it, it's a oh, movie. Yeah. It's not supposed to look like New York city. And then mm-hmm. now he's going to get physically. So he's been psychologically cucked. <laughs> he's yeah. been on the receiving end of this unwanted attention from this grieving woman. And now they call him, you know, switch they call hitter. Him out. Yeah, exactly. They, switch uh, hitter. Yeah. They say the word, the one of the gamer words. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
We got a moonbuster. I've never heard of <laughs> moonbuster. Why would why would Kubrick have a guy say moonbuster? Oh, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Follow the white rabbit, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go back to where you belong. To where the rainbow ends, buddy. <laughs> You got this, uh, these weird, I mean, all the weird Christmas lights. Honestly, this scene to me, I mean, I've been to New York my share of time. I've never lived there or anything. This doesn't not look like New York. It it looks enough like New York that I'm watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her getup is outrageous. It is. Yeah. Vanessa Shaw plays Domino. Domino. Yeah. Hmm. Domino, there's something to that name too. I think uh it's thought to be a play on the two models he met earlier. Uh hmm. there being two of them. Hmm. And something about their dress, I think. I had a note here. Let's see if I find it. Yeah, it's funny. Her her uh and her getup has this sort of this black and white kind of almost like check checkerboard or chessboard quality. And uh yeah, there could be a little symbolism. There's it also it's also reminiscent of the wavy lines in the uh the red room mm. uh from uh Twin Peaks. Not that I don't know if it's a direct reference, but it yeah. that's what it reminds me of. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and he's he's again, I think if we focus in this idea of narcissistic injury and then also his own anxiety over having to lie to his wife, feeling cucked, it's this direct line to, well, why not? This will this will prove I'm a man. I mean, he it, it, it's it's almost a little on the nose, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like uh, okay, but he's now he's now on his odyssey. Yeah, he's he's literally stepping through this door as the first like line he's really crossed, right? Right. I mean, the thing with the 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 woman, the patient's daughter, that wasn't really his. That just kind of happens to him. The two models, similarly, that just kind of happens yeah. to him. This, he's he's taken actual steps. And yeah, she's I, I love this. Uh, I love this line, uh, Maid's Day Off. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a New York I recognize. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is how most uh, yeah. young people trying to figure it out yeah uh yeah yeah she's using the sink or whatever there as a kind of a closet of sorts and i think she's drying her clothes there yeah Yeah. the the television is sitting on the floor there in the background yeah she still has the lights up i mean half of the if you go uh party with the nyu grads in brooklyn all the apartments look like this i mean this is i yeah. yeah it just is what it is it's not a lot of space. We're we're shifting to it's so interesting, like from the highest of the high, Ziegler's party now to maybe not the lowest of the low, but right down we're, we're, there though. Yeah, it, yeah. This is a street walking gal mm-hmm. running clients out of a cruddy apartment. Mm-hmm. Right, right. What do you recommend? <laughs> isaac is asking in all your years in new york city did you ever encounter a street hooker like this i sure didn't i did not uh but i had i was i was hanging out in in the heights washington heights where i lived i was outside a like a margarita taco place and i was having a conversation with somebody on my phone 
And this gal followed me outside or was like outside on the street, kind of listening to my conversation. She was clearly high or drunk or both. And she had her, her like guy pal there. She came over to me, stuck her tongue in my ear. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if it was on a dare or whatever, but I kind of freaked out. I was swatting her away and like, I, you know, ah, blah, blah, blah. And uh, her friend kind of freaked out. It was like, we, let's get out of here. I'm like, we, I, yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Did I get, did I get molested? What let's, happened? Yeah. Know. Let's never speak again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can, get out of here. <laughs> Will in the chat is saying, my dad has center tooth, poor childhood, infrequent dentistry. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Cruise grew up in po- poverty. Maybe that adds to his class discomfort. Very interesting. I did not yeah. know that was a, uh, that was a thing. Hmm. Yeah, the dental divide in America is something that uh, sociologists will talk about, but most people are not really comfortable addressing the fact that there's a certain, definitely like a class thing with like how much dentistry did you have? And it's just mm-hmm. a reality. Some people can't afford the, just can't afford it. It's hilarious that teeth are their own special sector when it comes to health insurance, right? <laughs> like we'll cover it. You get cancer. <laughs> You can have yeah. a cancer the size of a grapefruit. We right. got you. Your tooth. Yeah. yeah, that's another guy. Yeah, no. If you break, if you break your bones, we'll take care of it. But not your mouth bones. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What are you, a commie? <laughs> it's totally deranged. This country. <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's not a half bad apartment. See, introducing soci- the book in the foreground, introducing sociology. Very funny. <laughs> we are student. Well, we have mm-hmm. been Yeah. Yeah. So is the film. That's right. what the film is doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he even answered the phone here. Mm. Mm. He's Does a good that guy. Really surprise you, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's got to cover. He's, He's very anxious about what he's doing or thinking about doing, right? And then that's exactly right. He hasn't actually convinced himself to go through with it yet. Right. He's leaving himself room to back up. Right. Well, and there's a scene. I mean, the thing earlier where with Nicole, with Alice's quote unquote confession, she does talk about how much of a relief it was to have not actually done it afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the theme here, too. It's just like, of course, the temptations are there for everybody. Right. We're all everybody's a physical human being. But there is a certain there is a certain kind of tension that's released by not doing it as much as there is by doing it. Some interesting little things here. When Alice is talking to Bill on the phone while he is in the prostitute's apartment, the number of cookies in the box in front of her goes from six to five or uh, from six in the first few shots to five in the last shot. Okay. Uh, the <laughs> position obvious, of the, the obsessiveness that you'd have to have to catch that detail is, is great. Uh, yeah. The position of the stuffed tiger on Domino's bed changes between shots. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting. Wien du Stadt meiner Trauma. Stadtmusik Wien. So Wien, you city of my dreams, is the music that's playing, was hmm. playing there for a minute, which very on the nose, of course. I mean, oh. we've got Vienna, mm-hmm. Traumnovel. 
Yeah, he's, uh, he's putting yeah. in touches to, to make that connection back to that novel. I love this. Mm-hmm. I love New York sticker that's like slapped up there. There's something mm-hmm. about it that's very like, yeah, I guess I love New York. Something very like, <laughs> <laughs> I better I've become a street prostitute. <laughs> Isn't New York wonderful? <laughs> I had a little thing on the music here too, actually. Let's Let tell see. Stephanie where the uh, Stephanie's in the chat. I'm gonna say oh. we're at minute fifty-five. As our friend already. Ah, mm. the mm-hmm. time flies. It's not a slow movie. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. I feel like we just started. Yeah. Well, the he scenes is, are mm-hmm. the scenes are all so long that, that that I don't think that there's more scenes than like a ninety or two two hour, minute or two hour movie. Um. Now he's gonna go hang out with his uh, his truly degenerate friend, the musician. Yeah. Nick Nightingale, great name, great is, jazz name. That is a good feels, night, yeah. nightclub performer name. Is that meant to be? Is there any uh, so, symbolism of the night Nightingale? Well, we'll see. So well, I well, was... you can pick any given bird and have tons of symbolism. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there mm-hmm. is that. Um, now this, Isaac, this club, we... this club Sorry. is in 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 the UK. This is uh, Madame Jojo's on Brewer Street in oh. Soho in London. Very Christmas lighty. Holy smokes. Mm, I got one Christmas, more th- I think the Christmas lights do represent some kind of like descent into the dream, right? Uh, because this is the most Christmas lights we've seen in any one spot. I've got a very good piece of trivia. I know you had something bad, but That's right. uh this film contains subliminal references to almost all of Kubrick's films, including his first feature, Fear and Desire. At one point, we see a scene from Bloom and Love, 1973, on a television set. Bloom was directed by Paul Mazursky, who made his acting debut in Fear and Desire. In the scene where the mysterious woman warns Dr. Harford, we hear the ballroom theme from The Shining. Oh, Kubrick is in mm. this uh, bearded cafe patron. Mm. Huh. And then if, and then we've got Todd Field. Uh, yeah, that's what Isaac Isaac was saying is that's Todd Field, who is the director of Tar and a, and a handful of other great movies. Yeah. So Kubrick is sitting in the booth across from Bill's table at the Sonata Cafe. I had no idea. Hmm. OK, I got another bit of trivia. Early on in development, when Kubrick planned to do Eyes Wide Shut as a comedy, he considered casting the then-popular Woody Allen because he admired Allen's work. Then he considered casting Steve Martin. So funny. Here's a little bit of from the uh, Will Dowd in the uh, the Telegram chat has said that uh, some avian folklore is that nightingales go to the other world and come back to sing about it. Mm, very appropriate. Very good. Actually. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Kubrick... you guys ever watched that show Fringe? I never saw Fringe. No. Something that I'm really just thinking here, a connection I just made in my own head. And this is a little woo. We're going back to my wheelhouse for just a moment here. For sure. That's why you're here, buddy. But there's a moment or there's an episode in Fringe referencing other mind control conspiracy talking about red light, green light hypnosis program. Oh, and I okay. almost wonder if that's something that Kubrick hadn't heard of. And that's why it's a Christmas movie. That's why you see the more lights. Because this is a theory that was already around in the 90s. Uh, I'm not saying that's the case, but it's a connection yeah. that just kind of clicked for me. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly you can't make this film and not be in touch with at least maybe not that specific 
thing but you're he's playing at the edges of this stuff for sure right secret societies mind control all of it well look at how these uh doesn't the the lamp in the middle of the table look like a little moon when it when it cuts back let's see if it cuts back to it Uh, that night nightingale point was very good i like that a lot yeah this this was his only movie to open number one in the United States. Yeah, this is uh, one of his biggest back bo- ah, excuse me biggest box office successes. Hmm. Probably well, because the, of Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's the sex, that's the draw. Yeah. The ta- the yeah. talent is the draw. Right. I mean, and of course, him then he dies, and it's like okay, right? Uh, the film was pushed two stops in processing, enabling Stanley Kubrick to film using existing source lighting, table lamps, overhead lights, etc. Whenever possible, the light level remained low, even when lighting had to be supplemented with Lowell or Chinese paper ball lamps as fill or key lights. Yeah, this film has an unusual kind of lighting. Uh, he ju- he died just four days after presenting Warner Brothers with with what was reported to be a final cut of the film after a legendarily long shoot his friends his family and family as well as the cast and crew of the film oh i just lost it let me see <laughs> i want to get that back let's see if i can find it again amazon bezos <laughs> i was in the middle of reading it right. yeah they they scoot right by you can't get them back no worries i'll find it so he gets the call right as he's sitting there about going to the next party. Coincidence, I'm sure. Yeah. Here we go. Right. All, all of the film crew and his family claimed that Kubrick's death was completely unexpected and that he never seemed to be in poor health while making the film. Mm. Did he? Did he know too much? Did he say too much? Did he give it up? What have, was have we, the real final cut, fellas? right well we know yeah. we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the end we know stuff was removed right <clears throat> or no we were, we were talking about the shining the other day we know stuff was removed from the shining maybe i guess i don't have backup for what i just said yeah you see the moon lamp do you see the moon mm-hmm. yeah that's hilarious 100 percent a moon yeah <laughs> it's a bunch of little moons it's a bunch of fake moons yeah. what's he trying to tell us <laughs> i have no idea what could it what could it mean if only we had somebody on the podcast who could help us explain what this symbolism might mean i think he's saying that the moon is a hologram mm. i think that's mm. i mean it's just my oh. interpretation it's it's plasma <laughs> you know it's too bad that David Icke has been so thoroughly unpersoned that we can't even hear those takes in public anymore. I know, right? They were so much fun. <laughs> if nothing else, it's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the gifts that went around our house for, for Christmas, because we celebrate Christmas. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you, like over the holidays? You're talking like over the holidays? or Right, right, right. Over the, 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 dead, hooker, <laughs> the dead hooker holidays uh, for Ziegler and company. Um, is a little, uh, it's a little stuffed animal that's like a little, a little like takeout latte cup. Mm-hmm. So now whenever I'm uh, uh, late to a meeting on Zoom, I just go, sorry, I'm latte. <laughs> 
That has nothing to do with eyes wide shut. <laughs> yeah, this movie. And here we go. Now we're on uh, rainbow, rainbow, rainbow fashions. Fashion. There mm-hmm. it is. You got the four men framed. Uh, it almost looks like the Beatles, you know, you got yeah. these four kind of figures. And mm. now, now this thread that I, I had found by um, dogs live forever a couple of years ago was strongly making the point that rainbows are not only a sign, a uh, symbol for the LGBTQ community, but also are a symbol for the pedophile community. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that. I think it's, I don't think that's rainbows have no rainbows have a lot of symbolism. They have sure. to do with the, the promise of Noah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of symbolism and it's very in MK ultra lore. Yes. Rainbows. Right. Right. Uh, the, the Radiohead album in rainbows is explicitly pulling from oh. MK ultra lore. Yeah. I did not know that. The B side has two tracks. When I heard the title, I just come back from from living in England for a year. Uh, yeah. I heard the title. I said to, said to my friend, "I bet that's about MK Ultra." And we hmm. looked at the the track listing, and on the the back side of it, or the B side of it, it's MK One, MK Two. There's a song called "House of Cards." I think there's one okay. called "Body Snatchers." They're wow. definitely pulling from MK. I did not Ultra catch before. that. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if I yeah. ever really listened to that album, but. That's a good album. There's some good stuff on it, but like that for me was like, okay, I just can't handle it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, apparently this, uh, I don't know how to say this guy's name, Milich's name, Rod Serbeja. That's hard to say. He dubbed himself in the Italian release. Oh, really? That's oh. kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, error in geography. Bill Harford arrives at Rainbow Fashions by taxi from the Sonata Cafe and... As he talks to Millich, Gillespie's diner can be seen across the other side of the street. Earlier in the story, it was seen that Gillespie's is next door to the Sonata Cafe. There's no <laughs> way he would have taken a taxi just across the street unless he's in a dream. They right. keep calling these goofs. Right. We're 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 in a, a sexual uh, psychosexual odyssey now. Mm-hmm. These are not goofs. Yeah. No. Have you ever in- had a dream? Right, right. Yeah, they're very strange. I I had a recurring dream for a period of time where I had to go get my car from someplace, but I always took my car to get it. <laughs> yeah. This is always it's always just been a weird one for me. Yeah. I think there's a there's a David Bowie song for you, Brad. <laughs> Probably. It's always driving in the same car. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to do Bowie on the pod. Mm. Yeah, guy. and look at this. Look at look at this. He, he has a cage in front of his store. Very weird. It, this is not. This is not normal. No. Uh, is it for security? Really? Is to keep people out or to keep people in? What is going on with this dude? Yeah. Yeah. No. This is not. I've been, I've been in costume shops and they're never like. Yeah, you have. Uh, they're they're not like this. <laughs> A black cloak with a hood and a mask. No refund. No. <laughs> Exchange only. And going back to that theme of status anxiety, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me the way this guy is basically shit testing him from the moment they start talking. And he thinks he's got the upper hand this whole time. And he thinks he's condescending to this shop owner. Right. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right, but it's not. He really isn't because this guy Bill needs him. That's why he, he immediately offers him the two. Oh, I'll give you two hundred. Right? It's like he's clearly anxious about making sure he gets this thing. This could and be my imagination, mm. but this this guy, he almost was like scoffing at the first offer mm-hmm. because I positive this guy realizes that obviously it's not the money that fucking matters right he right. he sees the doctor as being crass mm. yeah, because yeah. now is it is it my imagination i don't think he actually gives him a black cloak like his cloak if you watch his cloak has a slight shade of blue oh Pay attention to this. It could be my imagination. This is something I remember from many screenings of Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, hmm. There they are under the rainbow. He went kind of over the rainbow. Now he's under the rainbow. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a store <laughs> called Under the Rainbow, Under the Rainbow. And you get the yeah. idea of what is like a kinky store. Like, what is this? Right. Uh, and But I think if you watch, his robe stands out from the robes at the party. Interesting. I don't think it's my imagination. Look look out for that. Yeah. This is crazy. What happens here? (laughs) Is is it his daughter? No. There's no way. Like, no. No. It can't be. He's like trafficking this girl, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that's that's for sure. And he, he pretty much offers her to the doctor too. So now yeah. we're we're in. Here that's we a, go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're that's in. A, that's a Lily Sobieski, right? Mm. Or what's her name? Yeah, Lily Sobieski. Yeah, mm. yeah. Somebody shouted that out in the in the Telegram too. Like, this is comic. As yeah. as evil as it is, it is pretty hilarious. Like, what are these guys up to? Why are they? Why do they look like? Uh, why are they all powdered up? Right. What is going on? They look like they just got off the set of the Japanese remake of Barry Lyndon. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many jokes I could make to tag that. Yeah. I'm just gonna let that sit. Yeah, that's good. That's quite good. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. She's we don't. Cr- mm. Uh, we yeah. we don't actually see the robe get handed over. It's just assumed that we have it. Right. Now he's play acting. This is a police matter. What mm-hmm. are you doing? She's underage. Bah, bah, bah. What does she whisper to Cruz here, do we think? Mm-hmm. I couldn't even begin to speculate what she could be saying. Couldn't even begin to speculate. Yeah, I mean, so we see, so now he's kind of play acting like, yeah, she whispers and. Do we ever hear her speak a word of English? I don't think we do. No, no, no I was, I was looking for that. You don't, I don't think you get anything. All right, I'll, I shall return uh, in 30 seconds. In 30 seconds. All right. Kevin's going to go play amongst the statuary. <laughs> what he's up to over there. Um, one thing I, I found in my little bit of research is apparently some people refer to this movie actually as Kubrick's most personal film. Uh, a couple of reasons is Kubrick's father was a New York City doctor. Um, Kubrick and his family, his, his parental family, like the Harfords, once lived in an apartment on Central Park West. Uh, 
Kubrick once lived in Greenwich Village, uh, where the Sonata Cafe most likely is located. Um, uh, it's, yeah, I just kind of thought that was interesting. I mean, most of the time, Kubrick's films don't feel personal, really, at all. I mean, they're great, but there's not, you don't have that intimacy where you feel like, oh, this is Kubrick, you know, telling a story from his life or something. You know, you almost never really get that. This is about as close as it gets. Though, on the other hand, apparently Kubrick was very interested in taking out all of the Jewishness from the original novella. Um, he's very concerned that you didn't have any Jewish names, um, didn't have any any of the hints of that that were in the original novel. He he was adamant about taking out. Which I personally think is for the best, because mm-hmm. I genuinely believe far too much gets made of that anyways. Yeah, agreed. You know, yeah. These villains can be literally anything. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, because you can say that it's clear that this is a conspiratorial film, but a lot of conspiratorial sort of thinking or, you know, just even noticing uh, gets painted as anti-Semitic. The first hint of anything, any any element Mm -hmm. that shows up in there. And so by doing that, Kubrick, nobody can say this is an anti-Semitic film. I don't see how you could even make that argument. Right. Right, Um, Exactly. Yeah, that house is insane. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that's even a real place. It reminds me of a uh, ready to party. In, yeah, it reminds me of in the movie uh, in the Louis C.K. sitcom when Louis goes to perform at a benefit with Seinfeld, and Seinfeld says, uh, "Yeah, that guy's a trillionaire," and Louis's like, "There's there's trillionaires now." <laughs> it's, it's, uh... <laughs> Yeah, director trademark the glare, the scene in the taxi when paranoid thoughts are going through Tom mm. Cruise's He's mind. Thinking about his wife, thinking about Alice with the naval officer. Yeah, th- this is again. not a house. This is an estate. This yeah. is uh exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Unimaginable then, levels of wealth. Sorry, I didn't go catch it. Did, did they give him the mask or did he bring his own mask? He brings his own mask. Okay. just like i did yes and if you're if you're listening you gotta come to youtube at least subscribe to it boost our numbers help us hack the hack the algo easy to find art of darkness podcast on youtube okay now we got the two pieces two statues left and right here we are we're in the party they want the password fidelio what can it mean it's a, and now we're listening to Jocelyn Pook, one of two tracks that are used. There's the the the, the great Jocelyn Pook, whom whom I really admire. If you've never listened to her album Flood, that these come from, get it in your ears. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's on Spotify. You can find it on YouTube. Just look up Pook Flood, and then the follow up album Untold Things is also very very good. She since had a career uh doing film sc- film scores. She mm. started in the theater. These were these were I believe pieces for theater that she had written which Kubrick heard somebody gave him the cassette and kind of made her career like and she got to work with him on it and uh huge admirer of Jocelyn Pook and uh you could think of Flood as it's almost like a thinking person's Enya. Like very hot cerebral, uh, but in a good way. 
mm. accessible too. You know, the mm. songs are four or five minutes. One album has like Greek, Latin, French, English, mm. Hindi. It's it's tremendous. I can't say mm. enough about it. Brad, when we were in grad school, I mean, I wrote one of my plays listening to one of her albums just almost nonstop. And when I saw the Kubrick exhibition in London, she and her ensemble just happened to be there the one day that I was there. I walked out of the exhibition and they were warming up. That's crazy. like it was just like fate. It was yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. Anyway, here's here's Nick Knight Nightingale, obviously put in his place. Right. Blindfolded. There's this kind of there's this sort of Islamic motif to the decor. Mm. Uh it sort of looks like a yeah, I don't even know what you would call it. There's some Freemasonic elements too. Like once he goes to sit on the throne, it's got a double eagle, which is associated with um with Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think too. If you're Bill, you walked in, you were kind of expecting to go to a kind of a weird sex party, and then you walk in on this. Man, I I don't know. I've never found myself in this situation, and I don't really want to, but like I have a feeling that if I would just I would be like, ah, nope. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it'd be like getting called up to to the majors. You're a you're a pitcher. You get called up to the majors, and the, the Yankees uh, hit six home runs off you, and you get pulled in the second inning. It's like maybe send me back to AAA yeah, for a I, few years. I, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I send me back to to Domino. Right. I can handle Domino. Can handle Domino. Well, so and here's the whole thing with that too, right? He's so anxious about his status, and he wanted to be here so badly. He skipped his actual invitation. Ziegler mm. was still screening, still testing his loyalty. He got his introduction through the back door right. by the hired help. Right, so right. To be here yet. Right. Yeah, they're going to. Oh, and they're on to him already. The Pook composition playing during the ceremony at the mask ball is a fragment of an Orthodox mass playing backwards. The voices are singing in Romanian. Hmm. I did not know that. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Isaac's saying that's an interesting point about him missing his real invite. Now look at the color of their cloaks. Their cloaks are all black, 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 black. Yeah. And now look at his, and if, unless I'm tripping out, his cloak is not black. Am I dreaming? Oh, I could have been dreaming. Maybe I saw a, a bad version. Watch, watch again. Like watch yeah. through it. No, I got to see another. I could have been tripping. Good shot of it. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the that's right. the The role of the doctor is ultimately a bourgeoisie, mm -hmm. and not included in the truly. And that's you know different. There are different degrees of doctors. I mean, you could be a sure. super elite surgeon running a super elite practice. But I mean, yeah. yeah, these these are people that don't they don't do. It's like Brad said, they don't do anything. They don't have right. uh, jobs. They no. are the elite. Yeah, you don't yeah, get paid. Yeah, you don't yeah. get paid for an hour of something. That's that's that'd be day class A. This is their mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. uh, again, they're job creators. Imagine <laughs> if these women. <laughs> imagine if these women didn't have anything to do. If, right. if they were, these women were just le left to run amok on a Saturday night through New, New York City, <laughs> it'd be like Ghostbusters 3. <laughs> be... uh, so, references Barry Lyndon. The mask that Bill Harford wears with his costume is modeled from the face of Barry Lyndon. Hmm. In this oh, really? Interesting. Uh, 
I really want to know if I was dreaming that one time I watched it where I thought is I may have been dreaming. Well, but there, I, to mm. that point, there must be something odd about his cloak, about his hood, right? Mm, because right. if you remember, there was the mention of it being ermine long. Yeah. 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 Right? Well, and probably the mask. And I'm not too. saying that's exactly what it is, but something too. Right. Probably the mask too. I mean, these probably these people probably wear the same mask every time they come, right? Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna sneak your way into this party late in a taxi. There are so okay. many things wrong things wrong with the idea that you would get away with this if it was real. Right. Uh, now, this could just be a, a, a fever dream, a paranoid fever dream following on the information. He's, you know, all of the earlier events. This might just yeah. all be in his head. Wait, yeah, I never. Is, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Interesting. OK. Yeah. Is Ziggler is Ziggler and his friends? Are they all, are they having weekend sex orgies out with the most beautiful women in the world out at some estate? Right. Or is it really just him him having been knocked around mm -hmm. psychologically? Uh, having to keep a secret from his <laughs> wife, getting high, nearly fucking a street uh, prostitute. Uh, you know, what is it? It's right. it's both things. That's the joy of watching mm -hmm. this movie. You can watch mm -hmm. it a thousand times. You'll never know the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is so funny, too, because it's actually this is actually kind of the least sexy cinema. There's nothing sexy about this, to my mind. I, I mean, personally, I thought it was more erotic when Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were hanging out in bed. Yeah. Yes. To me. Yeah, this is and, not and, erotic. And, and, the, yeah. and that party when they were dancing, when, you know, I thought that was more. This is not erotic at all. This is sinister. The women mm -hmm. are de they're um they're dehumanized. This is actual mm -hmm. objectification. What's going right. on? Right. Now. Right. Yeah. And I think I think Kubrick is playing with that distinction. Right. I mean, I, I there is talk about the this movie and it the way it deals with the the female gaze in a way that's that's a little a little bit more sophisticated maybe than than another director well, would have handled it. I mean, and we're here we're coming to the second track from Jocelyn Pook, and here's the uh, the banging. Yeah, Travis in the chat said absolutely zero intimacy here. That's right, right, right. Uh, and and they superimposed these bodies for the American release because otherwise <laughs> it would have been rated X. Because we can chop off a million heads in a movie right. and have the most horrific things happen in a Tarantino movie. I love Tarantino, but you, you yeah. get the point. But God forbid we see a little bit of actual, you know simulated sex right uh otherwise oh my god and this is what this is what the normies sort of were like lined up for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 be careful what you ask for you just might get it hope this is what you wanted and you know what's even more interesting is the actual X, artificial yeah. nature of the acts themselves like mm -hmm. you can't go down on someone in a fucking mask right <laughs> <laughs> right 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 right, right. like point. these women posing it's it's really the, the masks and the facelessness make it like un deeply uncanny yeah and here he yeah. is like waltz is wandering through the party yeah right. and will in the chat said non-participants as still as the mannequins in rainbow yeah. fashion yeah, yeah, Travis. This is really funny. Was it good for you, Kubrick, after trolling the normies? 
Nice, nice. Yeah. And there he is standing in front of the act, and they're all just hanging out watching. Right. He's sort of like, oh, go ahead. It's like, you, you think you want this? Like, do you think you want this? You don't want this. Right. Dr. Bill. Like, you know, Domino was nice. Right. You could have got <laughs> yeah. Chinese with Domino. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In order for the film to be given an R rating in the U.S. as opposed to NC-17, some scenes contain computer-generated people in the foreground obscuring some of the more explicit sexual action. Although some claim this to be a perversion of Kubrick's work, Kubrick had already proposed the use of computer-generated imagery prior to his death should the MPAA deny the movie its desired R rating. Yeah. Lame. Here we go. Revealing mistake. When the nude masked woman walks up to Bill Harford with the masked man in the first shot with her hair behind her, she is one actress, but in the next shot with her hair in front of her, she's an entirely different actress. That's one not a goof. Tell, yeah, this even though she is masked and naked. Not a goof. That's There's totally no not a goof. Way in hell on a Kubrick shoot that that happened. No. This is hilarious, actually. I love this from Amazon X-Ray. I love goof. Yeah. Oh, goof. Yep, Kubrick's just swapping bodies. (laughs) He probably, honestly, he probably tried every woman actor in this scene in those two positions to see which juxtaposition hit the exact right note of dissociation he wanted, right? Precisely, (laughs) yes. Playing on your most basic subliminal freaking mind, like really playing with film. I mean, Mm. he was doing it with all of his films. Like, Mm -hmm. how do we manipulate the viewer in a way that they don't know that they're being manipulated? (laughs) Eyes wide, freaking shut. It's right in the title. It's right in the title. Exactly. It's right in the title. (laughs) Yeah. And again, you know, it's like, I could just think like there's like a bunch of frat boys going to see this movie and it's like, uh, ready for all the tits and everything. And then this is happening. It's it's horrifying in a way because, you Mm. know, you know, he is he's hosed. He's so far in over his head right now. Right. And he just keeps getting deeper and deeper. What I was saying earlier, too. Right. This whole procession starting at the costume shop leading to now is just proof of how crass he is and how little status he actually has. Right. And that's, I mean, we all recognize that, but I just think it's so important to what's going on. here. Yeah. Yeah. They, no, it's, it's hu- a huge component thematically of what's happening. Notice they do have one naked dude for the fellow in the front there. Mm-hmm. that Bill Nightingale walks through. Oh, I missed that. I missed him. And oh, now yeah, I think when these things are happening for, For real, there's probably a lot more those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Here we go. Now, again, I want to. I want to pay attention to his cloak. It could be my. It could have been my imagination. In the lighting, too. Once, once he gets in the lighting, that's from from the ceiling. He it does look bluer. Mm, Yeah, it could just be the lighting. Yeah, these these masks are incredible. I got to see these in person. They're striking. Yeah, Whoever so the, designed these. So the throne that the guy in red is, is is in is got this double eagle thing, and that apparently is known Freemasonic symbol symbolism. So Kubrick is certainly playing his hand, not necessarily that these people are Freemasons, but that there is I think he's playing with people's 
uh, stereotypes or whatever you want to call it. Well, about... that's the boogeyman group that people would right. recognize. Right? Exactly. And yeah. that's something I actually harp on a lot on my show is that you see the Freemasonic symbolism so that you get the idea, not because it's actually Masons. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Exactly. It's on the, the flag of Albania, too. Maybe these are all Albanians. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I got I got something from List First about Does 10, it... 10 creepy controversies are out in this movie. And one of them is the depiction of the Rothschild party. So one of the main parts of the film revolves around the secret party. I'm quoting from this thing. Secret party at a lavish mansion, obviously. It looks almost exactly like the mansion owned by Baron Guy and Baroness Mary Helene de Rothschild, the Chateau de Ferriers. What's more, the mansion was subject to a mysterious masked party hosted by the owners in 1972, photographs of which have uh, since leaked online. I've seen those photographs. Yes, I assume you have too, Dexter. Oh, yes. It certainly appears a morose affair. Aside from very strange masks people are wearing, ranging from animal heads to pretend cages, there are dismembered dolls and other broken children, broken children's toys purposely scattered around on the tables. We don't see any of that in the film here. Some tables even feature naked mannequins as, it, as if laid in a coffin with food served on top of it. It is even claimed that the invites to this surrealist ball were sent with coded wording. Furthermore, the wording was written backwards so it could only be read in a mirror. Even stranger, as the guests arrived in the mansion, it was bathed in a deep red glow. So Kubrick was probably mm. familiar with that, I'm sure. Yeah, I take back what I said about the color of his cloak, but I it just something stuck in my mind once. And yeah, it, it does seem to be a black cloak. But mm-hmm. yeah, in any case, he sticks out like a sore thumb. There's no yeah. way he was going to be yeah. able to hang out at this party. No. And now this is a level of of puckledry that is staggering you're you've been unmasked it's like being this is like being doxxed mm-hmm. <laughs> like for for some like hyper uh anon who a very spicy anon mm. this is like somebody dropping your address in the in the right. chat right 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 yeah i mean and this is this is horrific like the the pit in your stomach if you if you identify at all with dr bill yeah, and then and then you have this weird, you know, she comes to his rescue, and is the implication she does it because he saved her life at the party, or is it play acting, like Ziegler says later? Yeah, that's part of the ritual, right? He has to feel the guilt about her sacrificing herself, right? That's like, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah, going on there. You was know, he they brought would have marked him as soon as he screwed up the password? Mm-hmm. Oh, as soon as he pulled up in a taxi late. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you obviously know that they knew he was going to end up there and he's been incorporated to their ritual. Mm. Right, right, right. That's the implication. Well, and of course, that's just that... a dream. Right. Well, but even then, like in, in his own, his dream is fat. His his subconscious mind is fabricating the circumstances, so it's real whether it's a dream or not. It's a real fabrication of his subconscious. I mean, and now a statue went missing earlier, right? So there were two. Now there's one. Mm. That's what happens here. She mm. she ends up dead. There are two. Mm. Now there's one. Mm-hmm. A little again, those little subliminal touches that whoops. Uh, general trivia. 
Abigail Good, a runway model who plays the mysterious woman who intervenes at the ceremony and is led away, presumably to her death, spoke her lines during filming, but her voice was dubbed by another actress in post. In 2019, <laughs> it was revealed that actress was Kate Blanchett. Oh. Oh, oh. Okay. I am ready to redeem him. <laughs> oh, now he comes home. Oh. oh. <laughs> how intense would that be just like you, you come up for you can't say anything to anybody about it just like <laughs> unreal i forgot how much move of this movie takes place after the after this party oh yeah yeah well that and, and that stuff is so iconic it's not even that long it's maybe no. it's maybe under 10 minutes even mm. from the time he walks in until uh the time he leaves yeah but what a grand set piece and this if this was an, another director that would have to be the conclusion of the movie this giant set piece right mm. and then yeah, all Har- up to that. harford would would run into the basement and grab a book and the book would reveal the secrets and he'd uh you know uh, take them home and blackmail ziggler and i don't know i don't know what right. would happen but you get you right. get what i'm saying yeah like, there'd become be this, action thriller yeah. Yeah. right here now it it is right it, this is the midpoint of the film little past the midpoint film just crashes into a wall hmm. what it's 90 <laughs> minutes yeah most movies a lot of movies end right around here maybe you sure. got 10 more minutes yeah you're not even you know so now he he comes up into the light he comes back to reality yeah and has to pick together everything that's just happened in going all the way back to Ziggler's prosty upstairs yeah because he's still in the the aftermath of that i mean that's what that's like 36 hours before this or something yeah and he got he got high and then his adventure started Mm -hmm. don't you just hate coming down from a trip (laughs) (laughs) yes yes oh i hang on i gotta take my mask off oh yeah what are you gonna you gotta eat some chips or something (laughs) <laughs> the future art of darkness uh x-ray continuity gaff kevin <laughs> forgot to take his mask I, clearly these guys yeah. were you know yeah i i've been planting continuity errors in the youtube all over the place just just to let leave things for people to puzzle out for you you <laughs> You've been making continuity errors from the first minute of the first episode, Brad. When you call <laughs> William Seward Burroughs. <laughs> yeah, Burroughs. And I didn't even yeah. and I didn't yeah. even correct you. And we have yeah. a neighborhood in Minneapolis called Seward. And I, yeah. you know, I wouldn't even know what we were doing. You're fine. Mm. You're fine. <laughs> Don't ask me to pronounce anesthetologist. Yeah. I don't know. Ah, we have fun on Art of Dark Pod. Mm-hmm. Dexter, tell uh, quick during the middle of the episode, uh, tell people again where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on the Timeline Earth podcast feed. I do a handful of the regular weekly episodes, but the real magic is the once monthly release of Scarlet Threads Society on that same feed. Check me out there. Yes. yes. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. We will do an Art Bell episode one day, my friend, and uh, you'll have to you'll have to ride along. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so he comes home and uh, look, uh, Tom Cruise is doing a great job. I, I think he's great here because he's just like, have you ever had a night like that where you come home and maybe, you know, you done, you done fucked up? I, I've had nights where I came home and I was like, man, I kind of wish all that hadn't happened. And that, not this right, particular yeah. situation, but yeah. you're like, I got to have some shit to deal with tomorrow. <laughs> I might feel weird now that I'm coming down. Yeah. I think we've all had a handful of those. Yeah, I, I said some yeah. things and did some things that yeah. I really condone. <laughs> I might have to drink for a few years now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then she's so uh she's such a great actor. And you can tell she's acted on the stage and everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, she'd be great to see. Uh yeah. He's just seen things that and of course she wakes up from a dream, and you get the impression that like in a different movie, she's had her own voyage. Mm-hmm. Like his dream seems totally real to him, but I mean our and her dream feels totally real to her. We just didn't see it. It was in her mind. Yeah. Yeah, she's so good. She's such a great actor. <laughs> really, genuinely just super talented. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kidman said about this... Uh, Kubrick picking them as a married couple to do this she said um, you know picking us as a married couple it worked the minute you see Tom and I you totally believe that these two people are married because in fact we are and it is a believable they, they their chemistry their their chemistry isn't that kind of like Hollywood chemistry when you're like oh my gosh these two actors it's what it looks like I think when two people are married physically yeah, how they never... dispose are disposed to each other they're they're sort of kind of blind to each other in certain ways and and i've got i'm gonna run down some facts i got from this website gradesaver.com i don't know i guess it's like for i think it's some sort of uh homework college application thing thing. yeah (laughs) the so here you go i'm gonna help you cheat on your homework Uh, only on uh, art of darkness uh the star of ishtar the eight point star is prominently on display in the house of dr ziegler where the all-important party that opens the movie takes place. The Star of Ishtar is a symbol of fertility and sexuality, and as the movie progresses, the nudity becomes more abundant and the importance of sex takes over. Rarely has Kubrick been so explicit in forwarding his theme through symbol, unless, of course, the star is a red uh, red herring. Then it goes on about the Illuminati. But this is is quite good. This is very on the nose, but I think worth, worth stating. Masks. The movie ends, we're not there yet, but it ends with the placement of a mask upon a pillow. Doesn't really end with that. Um, that's before the denouement. It ends with their daughter getting kidnapped. Um, meanwhile, every single scene practically is about people pretending to be something they aren't or literally wearing masks themselves. The entire film can, in a way, be read as a mask. Try to figure out what it means, and you really are just taking off another mask. A viewer can literally spend hours removing masks to try to get at what Eyes Wide Shut is actually trying to say. And even then, you're just left holding another mask. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Introduction to sociology. <laughs> yes. You know, that review, that little factoid sheet, almost feels like a sort of midwit trap where you read <laughs> too much into reading into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and then here she starts confessing, and I was fucking other men, and we were fucking, yeah. and like, and her is her dream. His did they have the same dream, but just filtered through different, like, sub like, are, is it a shared dream that they somehow have, and what is a marriage if not that? Right, right. Yeah. What was in that fucking joint? Huh? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Got that. Smoking that shit. That from, it, yeah. Straight from the DR. Yeah. Straight from DR, yeah. man. I was smoking that shit that glued my eyes wide shut, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was that eyes wide shut <laughs> shit. <laughs> I've been so high that my my yeah. eyes have been wide shut. Yeah, I was seeing Masonic symbols fucking everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bunch of Shriners driving through your head. Here is, like, I think, a pancake the first, breakfast. Uh, daylight scene in the whole film so far. I could be wrong about that. Oh, maybe the other time he went to work. Listen to this. Stanley Kubrick optioned the novella Trom Novelle by Arthur Schnitzer 20 years before the making of Eyes Wide Shut. And then it said something about Kirk Douglas and he went to therapy because they didn't get along on the set of Spartacus. Like couple, <laughs> like couples therapy? Uh, let me come back to it. It's very funny, isn't it? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Let's see here. Oh, I guess uh, Johnny Depp was considered for the role of William Harford. Oh, it should have it should have been him and his uh what was her name? <laughs> Amber Heard. Amber Heard. <laughs> different yeah. movie. Yeah. See, Johnny Depp's got a different kind of I mean, I don't mean to get into gradations of like men's attractiveness, but he's like a Tom Cruise is an attractive man, but I feel like Johnny Depp is a different kind of attractive man. I don't know if it would have worked as well. Hmm. Well, so the thing with Depp, right, is his whole at least film career is more or less built around that sort of dirtbag sexy. Yeah. At least in this, you know, more recent era arc. And I think you can safely say that started around the time of this movie. Yeah. And I don't think that's what you want. For this. You want the clean cut striver. That's what. Right. Right. Who's, who's taking us like taking that one step too far kind of thing. Rather than. Yeah. Johnny Depp's in a movie. You're like, yeah, this guy's banging everybody. Like <laughs> clearly. So. Yeah, he and Kirk Douglas went into therapy together during Spartacus. How funny mm -hmm. is that? That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Cruz and Kidman signed open-ended contracts. They agreed to work on this project until Stanley Kubrick released them from it, however long that turned out oh to be. God. That is some almost like sadomasochistic craziness. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Imagine selling your soul to Stanley Kubrick. Right. <laughs> you could do worse. Listen, if Stanley Kubrick came back and said, Kevin, I, I need you, uh, you know, it's that it's that uh that gif. Uh what's the comedian? <laughs> Stanley Kubrick needs me. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know uh Harvey Keitel was supposed to be in this movie, right? Hmm. Did you know about this? So um let me see if I can find the thing. He kind of got fired. So uh, I'm reading something from uprocks.com. Kaitel originally played uh, Victor Ziegler, one of Cruz's character's wealthy patients. Oh, he walked. He was going to be he, Sidney he Powell. He bounced. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he he was cast. They shot they him shot as stuff. this. There's a little interview yeah. with him where yeah. he 
he Kubrick wanted him to continue to keep coming through a door. Yeah, uh, over dozens and over of times. Over. Yeah, and he and he just left the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he in another interview, uh, Keitel called Kubrick a genius, but said he did some things he objected to. What did he do? Well, Keitel didn't go into specifics, but he said Kubrick did some things I didn't like and that he found disrespectful. Um, mm. Yeah, interesting. Well, that could be just about anything, too, though. Right, right. Hmm, very curious. Well, yeah, supposedly you had to film him walking through a door 68 times. I could see that being like, come on, man, 68. I'm I'm Harvey <laughs> well, Keitel. You gotta get it yeah. right, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. It's like I made bad lieutenant. Right. Like you're <laughs> what are we doing here? I'm making a meme right now on the air. I'm making the Sam Hyde meme, and it's gonna stay Stanley Kubrick needs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that interview with guy is very interesting uh he made one of the most unintentionally amusing films watch he plays meyer lansky in lansky uh and it ends up being kind of an apologia for the dude uh I mean, like literally at the very end, it talks about how Lansky was an innovator uh, who <laughs> like helped to create the casino industry that employs, you know, the gaming industry that employs oh, all of these people. Ever. I'm like, are you kidding me? You've got, you have to read it. Was, it's watch it because it's very revealing about a certain psychology. Uh, it's mm. very bizarre that it ever got made. I wonder, I mean, I wonder how much his estate and like his people maybe were like, you put this in. Mm. <laughs> like scary. Wait, is that Phoebe Herman? Who? No, never mind. No, 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 no. This is a famous uh this is a famous uh, actor for for the uh the theater. What is his name? I gotta I gotta come back to my Alan Cumming. Will yes, Dowd. Alan. That's right, Alan that's Cumming. Right. I knew he looked familiar, yes. and first thing that came to mind was P.B. Herman for some reason, but it's clearly not him. This is one of the more humor humorous uh, scenes in the in the film because he starts talking about how these guys roughed him up, and mm. he's thinking one thing. He's thinking Bill's coming around about one thing. Mm. Again, another example of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, will uh, somebody in the telegram said that the gay uh, uh, homosexual receptionist is a union archetype, <laughs> and it does come up in a lot of movies. I think of that yeah. great scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas where the cop at the cop conference is 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 yelling at that receptionist, and then and then Hunter, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson kind of just rolls in and is like, "Excuse me." Yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a trope, isn't it? it? Is yeah, yep. yeah. All right, I'm making a meme live on air. Yeah, and so he's he's he go he's going back around to the places that he visited in the night, but they're not really the same places, right? Like they're kind of the same, but everything looks very different by daylight. Mm, yeah, of course. Succeed.
<laughs> check check out the chat. <laughs> uh fun. Banger. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, Patty, delete the question mark. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we're so online. Uh, I might. I'm only giving you unbiased meme feedback. <laughs> yeah, he's got a point. He's got a point. Okay. All right. I'll give him what he wants. I'll get him what he wants. Oh, she, she, oh I'm sorry. She steps out of the back room, like in a robe, bra out. This is like 10. This is like the brunch hour on a Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Totally different world. They're all playing. They were all wearing masks the night before. And yeah, then the question is, was that? That's interesting. He's he's even thinking to himself, did I dream all of this? I was here in the store and I saw something I, different than what is actually here. Hmm. Or are they pretending? Right. <laughs> Rainbow fashion, he's back. How did it go? And then, of course, he's he's forgotten the mask. And oh, I must be ahead of you guys. Hold on. Yeah, I'm at least a few seconds ahead of you. They just started talking at the register. Oh, yeah, I got him. I got him. They already left Rainbow Fashion. All right, I'll I'll flash. No, 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 no. no. I'll I'll hit pause for a second. All right. Tell me when uh, he's imagining his wife and the naval officer again, or black and white scene, (laughs) imagining his wife again. Mm. Yeah, my when I was bouncing around in the trivia, it might have uh, I might have gone out of whack a little bit. That's okay. Twenty five for the mask. Sorry, three seventy five. And then his and then his daughter comes out and everything. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah, bras out right. She's in a robe. Oof. Um, like I was saying, it's like it's like it's not a night. It's like the middle of the day now too a totally different vibe mm-hmm. wait a second it's christmas in new york why isn't there like slush and stuff on the roads uh good point i mean it yeah that's a good point yeah here we go will dowd naked woman women in office paintings <laughs> <laughs> all uh bold you're right yeah. will yeah yeah that's typical that's that's standard, I think. That's normal. That I've comes with the comes with the I'm a middle class doctor in yeah. Manhattan. I've kit. never been I've never been in an office before. Like, like a like a TGI Fridays. When Harford's secretary brings lunch to his desk, she stops directly between the camera and a painting that looks like him with his clothing removed. Huh. Mm. Oh yeah, you're right. Right behind her head. We might be slightly off, but yeah, if you're if you're watching that scene. Very curious, very creepy, weird art all around his room. 
Bizarro. We're going to do some cool stuff on After Dark. We're going to uh, look at some interesting articles about the making of this movie, what it was like on the set. I'm going to read a little bit uh, from uh, Traum Novell, and uh, we'll get into it a little more, too. We'll go off the cuff. All right. (laughs) Glad to see that meme picking up steam. (laughs) Is it getting a little traction? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, as much as anything does. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty funny. I would do anything for Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I mean, would just you, like Nicole and Tom. Would you walk through a door 68 times? For Stanley Kubrick? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What kind of question oh, I, is that? I would, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Patty, for the, uh, the meme ed- education. I had to delete the question mark. He's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it's more of a statement. It can be both things. Yeah, we can we could both have a meme. Very good. <laughs> we love our Telegram chat. T.me slash Art of Dark Pod. Lots of fun. There's always something going on in there. Brad's, you're constantly posting stuff on uh, Twitter. Yeah, I got to get a little bit more. Uh, uh, I need the command center where I can post to all social media from one click. That's what I need. It's, just, it's, it's called Hoot, Hootsuite. Are you watching the right? car? Oh, I might have to, are you, might have to do the Hootsuite. Yeah. Are you watching the car approach him or like, where are you? Yeah. He's uh, standing in front of the gate now. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm back. I'm caught up. I'm, I'm sure mine okay. got a little out of whack. Hopefully it didn't. I don't think it'll screw up the experience. Yeah. Now he's now he's looking yeah. at the looking at the surveillance camera. This is like somebody who's gone back to the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This guy, Brian W. Cook, tall butler. He served as co-producer and first assistant director and played the tall butler. Busy guy. Mm-hmm. General trivia. When Tom Cruise's character is interrogated before the attendant attendance of the orgy and after he returns to the mansion, the mysterious sinister music that is heard was first used in the David Niven film Stairway to Heaven when Niven's character is, is, is being judged in heaven. Very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. What can it mean? Yeah. It's like, buddy, we know we knew you were gonna come back. If you come back, we got a letter prepared for you. Right. <clears throat> we're three, four, five moves ahead of you. Right. Yeah, Dr. William Harford. We know your name. It's printed. It's typed out. (laughs) Give up your inquiries, which are completely useless, and consider these words a second warning. We hope for your own good that this will be sufficient. Again, absolutely cucked. You ever had a sinking feeling hit you when you know, like, you screwed up? Yeah. Yeah, I got no hand in this situation, Jerry. No hand at all. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> That's a hundred percent worse. Yeah. yeah. Worse. Yeah. He owes the he owes the house now. Mm-hmm. And who mm-hmm. knows how screwed up he is. And he has a kid at home, like a little girl at home. Yeah. Yeah, Helena. Yeah. He's got this dude's got a lot to lose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Back to yeah. the upper west side. Yeah, now that I'm paying attention to the art, the art at home is very different than the art at the office. Yeah, but also very conspicuous and not 
typical. Yeah. Like they're it's, collecting, they're collecting fine art of some quality. Yeah. There's no consistency. Like they're not. Yeah. She's working on her homework. Mm-hmm. When Alice Harford is doing math problems with her daughter, a blue bottle appears among the liquor bottles on a table in the background. Hmm. Another goof. Yeah. I'm sure ah. that, I'm sure that that blue bottle just yeah. just appears. Kubrick's just sloppy. He's known yeah, for being a sloppy just, he's filmmaker. He's just known for being a sloppy <laughs> filmmaker. But you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to do 68 takes, at some point you just you grab the bottle, you just leave it there. Right. If there it is. Yeah. There's the blue bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that just got there. <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't have any dog. symbolism. Right. <laughs> hmm. Revealing mistake. When Alice and Helena are doing story problems, Alice says Joe has $2.50, which is a UK Australian construction as opposed to the more American $2.50. Yeah. Okay. True. But as if they wouldn't know that. Yeah, I don't. I People could say $2.50. I mean, I don't hmm. Here's another one. Harford's wallet is quite full at the beginning of the film, but later it's clear he's rather outmatched financially. When he arrives home and his wife is helping their daughter with her homework, they're working a math problem about about two people who have different amounts of money. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Ooh. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. That's that goes beyond trivia. That cuts to the heart of what the movie's about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Look at how his office his doctor's office, it almost looks like a kindergarten. Doesn't it? Oh, I mean, it oh, looks, it's, got, a little bit. Yeah. it's very childish. Like I look at his, his pathetic, his pathetic degrees on the wall. And all I can think <laughs> about is this, this naval officer stooping his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and, and, and that, you know, that's layered on with all the, the phantasmagoria of the party and the horror of the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I forgot about this. He calls up Carl. Huh. So now he's trying to now he's trying to sort of backtrack like he wanted to get to the sort of the center of the mandala of like sex adventure. Now he's sort of backtracking right to to that woman who is desperately in love with him, which is sort of. Higher stakes right, in one so, way and lower stakes in a totally different way. Yeah. Does he think he's going to catch her and have right. a little, yeah, little parting gift for her? Yeah. Our friend Patty. A little put, bit of his figure of manhood back, try to reassert control in his life. Mm, yeah. I've never done anything like that. I'm pure as the, <laughs> pure as the driven snow, fellas. Uh, the deal, Dr. Bill. You can't fucking <laughs> say it again your way out of being a cock you just can't do it you can't you can't it's true your way out of being a cock right right all right it's like it's like our friend uh aaron Quinn says you can't be a little pregnant right 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 <laughs> uh our friend patty posted something a meme in the chat ex twitter employee scores new job working for fbi due to past experience working for fbi <laughs> <laughs> very on brand for yeah. for the, uh, tonight's chat yeah 
guarantee there's some three letter agency people in that in that party. Sure. Yeah. Providing oh, yeah. they come to those parties to provide security the way that Bill comes to those the other parties to uh provide, uh, provide health care. To, re- to revive, yeah, to provide <laughs> he's a healthcare provider. That's right. Yeah. But not dentistry. Yeah. Yeah. If Mandy's teeth had been messed up, that's another guy. That's the mm. other guy down yeah, the hall. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, that's yeah. the guy in the adjacent comedy picture that right. that was being shot at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Mouths wide shut. Right. Mouths wide shut. <laughs> Which, you know, if this podcast doesn't work out, that'll be the name of our next podcast, Brad. It'll just be us constantly watching this movie over and over again. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, it'll just be oh. called Mouths Wide Shut. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's much well, dead air. Course, we'll go for the dead air record. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Because five seconds of dead air on radio just feels like an eternity. It does. Wow. It's almost like their tree has gotten more pathetic. Yeah, it yeah. has. Yeah. And then this, here's another example of a scene. You've got this this gal who obviously works in the same industry as Domino, mm-hmm. who's sizing up Dr. Bill, but she knows what yeah. happened to Domino. Yes. So we got problems. Yeah. This movie spent almost a year in post-production. Oh, I mean, bad. yeah, he would. and But all those continuity errors. Right, right, right. Yeah, he spent a year editing this thing with 68 takes of every shot. And you <laughs> were going to just leave. We just left a blue bottle. Oh, we don't have yeah. a. Oh, yeah, just, what are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. Nobody will notice. Nobody will notice. <clears throat> Just put it past Stanley. He's going to be dead anyway. Yeah. We got the call. <laughs> oh, so sad. Yeah. Dexter, where do you stand on the uh, Kubrick helped stage some of the footage for the moon landing? I know it's kind of basic conspiracy stuff, but where? what's your opinion on it? Well, we talked about that a little bit when we did 2001, but we didn't get into it real, real deep. Um, I kind of tend to believe he probably shot some footage of a moon landing, whether or not it was the moon landing. I think that's kind of up for debate. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is to say, you know, what if they went up there, but they didn't actually have any film? Or they needed mm-hmm. some sort of publicity stunt because they couldn't actually capture evidence of it. Or, you know, maybe they did fake the whole thing. I think that there's no doubt that he filmed a moon landing for the U.S. government yeah. or filmed. I might have said fake there. I don't even yeah. remember. No, I. yeah, that's that's kind of where my takeaway is. It's like it seems like he probably did shoot something. Does that mean they didn't land on the moon? Not necessarily um but But it could mean that right they're not mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. a man could have landed on the moon Mm -hmm. and cuba could have staged footage right so yeah oh this 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 scene is rather intense and he finds out that she has aids she has hiv which apparently in in trom novel that happened but it was syphilis um but you know same same kind of specter haunting sexual impropriety um Mm. Well, and of course, uh, syphilis at certain times was a death sentence like uh, HIV AIDS was. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, Schnitzler wrote La Ronde, which is entire. Mm. Are you familiar with La Ronde? 
No. Oh, you got to know Laurent. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it's a play by Schnitzler, uh, which is very, very concerned. I, I could just talk off off the cuff about this. Mm-hmm. Very concerned with uh, class, and it is. It's often done as a two hander. It was adapted by David Hare, a great uh, English playwright, uh, mm-hmm. and Nicole Kidman actually started a production of it uh, with, oh. I believe, it was her and another actor, and the the nature of the play is that it's a series of, I don't know, nine, 10, maybe a dozen scenes between different members of society at different levels of society, all of whom passing syphilis between one another, uh, all the way down from uh, the common street girl to the soldier, the soldier to the, you know, the general's wife and whatever else it is all the way up to just the highest reaches of society. And it makes the case. It's sort of like, we are all one, uh, whether or not we're willing to accept it or not. Right. Right. So Schnitzler is very concerned with class and and sex, uh, and, uh, very worth, worth knowing. I actually think there's a fine film version of LaRonde, uh, Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, who directed it, but that's that's a thing to know. And we'll have to do Schnitzler at some point uh hmm. on the pot. Be interesting. Yeah. 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 Laurent. I was out in the street. Uh, I was out in the street getting followed, clearly being followed. Yeah, it's it's a 1950 French film directed by Max Ophels. Anyway. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Worth watching. Right. Now he's now he's paranoid. Mm-hmm. And I like to say in America, you can never be paranoid enough, <laughs> especially if you've just infiltrated a super elite Rothschild-esque, yeah. Epstein-esque uh, sex party. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I got a knock at the door. I'll be right yeah. Back. This. Okay. Yeah. This <laughs> one's going to be real good. On, put this on the YouTubes and see how far we get. This is going to be real good. Again. We'll open up the whatever level I, I can learn Hungarian. I'll I'll go dance among the statues for a certain amount. Yeah, this guy's creepy. Yeah, and then you have that that music that boom boom. Oh, it's boom, so good. Boom boom. Yeah, yeah. He wants a taxi. Taxi. Get me out of here. And to me, the energy at this point in the film, it's propulsive. Like I am, I am terrified. Yeah. Yeah. The the suspense is like it's a Hitchcock level of suspense. Right. Hitchcock would drop his characters into circumstances like this from jump, like north right. by northwest, like right. you're suddenly in this Happens scenario. Right yeah. Yeah. This is two hours in, and now like the world is closing in on him. Yeah. And there's something about a, a, a Hitchcock, and I love Hitchcock films. There's something uh, the plots feel very sort of contrived. They're kind of Rube Goldberg esque. Mm. This is like pure paranoia. It's like it's not even really almost plot at this point. It's just oh, he's being he's clearly being sort of surveilled and followed by these people he sort of knows who they are they certainly know who he is there's really no mystery but i mean how different from our waking reality now is this we all know they're surveilling all of the social media now this guy this bald-headed freak yeah uh, not not you brad the (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the, constantly uh, the, in my DMs, <laughs> reading my Twitter profile, retweeting well, things. The actual yeah. circumstances really yeah. aren't that different, but right. there's the element of physical threat that really yeah. can't be underestimated. I know right. you guys realize that, but. Yeah, of course. Right. For as for as for as certain that I I Glowy has probably looked at a post of each of ours. A hundred percent. I, I oh, don't yeah. think anybody's really followed me in real life. I yeah. right. I guess my, my point is that maybe it's that I do think Dr. Bill, even though it's Tom Cruise, even though Nicole Kidman's his wife, there is a quality where against type, he is sort of being cast as like an everyman. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is surprising. It's sort of the last thing you'd expect. Well, well, there's a certain yeah. thing because he is sort of a he's what a lot of people he's living a lifestyle that a lot of people would find to be aspirational, right? I mean, he's got a beautiful wife and child and great job and you know, they've got some money, but like when you when that runs up against this level of power, he's just like everybody else, right? He's he's in the great unwashed just like every every right. everyone else. Yeah, if you get on the wrong side of these people, you're a uh, a speck of dust. They'll mm-hmm. just flick you off the the globe mm-hmm. with. Uh, oh, I don't know if you're here yet. About now he's now he's reading Ex Beauty Queen and Hotel yes. Drugs Overdose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm watching. He's okay. he's just yeah. opened the paper now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Oof. New York Post, the paper of record. Yeah, so there was something in um, my uh, list verse top 10 creepy controversies around eyes wide shut hints at murders disguised as overdoses or suicides um uh let's see as outlandish as the the situation might sound it is a scenario that has been discussed in conspiracy circles for decades and not exclusively for unfortunate women who might find themselves mixed up with such organizations many research many researchers even relatively seriously minded ones have made various claims of politicians dying in strains and suspicious circumstances Right. Like uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Epstein, uh, for instance, um, and many and many others. I mean, he's just like the sort of easy one to point to. He, that's the that's the conspiracy theory. Everyone believes. Right. Is that Epstein right. was murdered. <clears throat> this and is a hospital. Instance. Uh, Cornell yeah. died with a whole bunch of broken ribs despite yeah. allegedly hanging himself. Right. Pretty weird. Right. Who? Oh, Chris, Chris Cornell. Cornell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So people have asked us to do him on the pod. I, I'm sure at some point yeah, we will. Yeah. I'd be interested yeah. to do that. No, you see these all the time where it's like, oh, well, yeah, they just happen to the, you know, their car lost control. I don't know. I don't know what happened. They happen to be reporting on the most powerful people in the country. <laughs> just, right, yeah. right. They were just making a documentary about uh, yeah. underage uh, sex trafficking yeah. and they, they just slipped yeah. in the hot tub. Yeah. Anyway, did you see what Elon Musk said today? Yeah. Oh, um, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady's coming back for another season. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, he's that's yeah, impressive. Good. You know, it's great. Yeah, he's the greatest of all time. I don't think there's any argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a hospital in Lambeth, uh, London. Uh, oh, really? Okay. You could, I think you could even see some of the I don't think he cares, but I mean, I think even some of the fixtures there you can sort of see are. But hospitals all, you know, yeah. you can almost kind of go. Yeah, this is uh this is macabre. Yeah, going so he, to see the body. And of course he he, he can because he's the doctor. I'm right. He shows his ID. I mean, we're gonna yeah. let you, I guess. All right, doctor. Uh, yeah. It's like one of his one of his superpowers is yeah. sorry. 
Sorry, what's that, Dexter? Go ahead, Dexter. Even back then, you wouldn't think that would work like that. But she... Right, just now, kind of flash your credentials. Yeah. That's Possibly true. hard to say. I don't question it. Yeah, oof. One fourteen. The room in the morgue visited by Bill in Wing C, room one fourteen. CRM one fourteen was the name of the decoding machine in Kubrick's film Doctor Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, hmm. as well as the number printed on the medicine that Alex has given in A Clockwork Orange. Oh gosh, one fourteen. Huh. <laughs> Means something to Stanley. Yeah. But I'm sure he, that statue just <laughs> yeah just whoops somebody just picked it up and I don't know yeah that's crazy this is weird how close he's getting to the like I don't remember this this is unsettling it really is and the orderly is like okay what's going on here yeah anyway, we're, we're we're and we're not accustomed to. You don't you know, see a cor- corpse a like this. I think it's yeah. an interesting distinction. The orderly isn't voyeuring like they all did. You know, the mm. mannequins, the ones who are sitting still, the ones who are rampantly fucking. I think there's a distinction there. You yeah, know, that's a, that's a good point. He's sort of looking down. Not to watch. Or trying not to watch. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is very interesting. That's a different type. Hmm. He's, Ziggler I'm not level sure if it would never do that. Here, I think it's got to, right? Feel like it does, right? Yeah, and they made a point of cutting to him and showing him in that in that in that aspect. So, yeah, and then more weird art on the walls. Hmm. There's this, and then you look at this weird sort of screen behind him. There's like a screaming person in a red mask to the left. I don't. I don't trust anybody's got weird art on their walls. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> okay, ah, yes. now we're back at Ziggler's with the yeah. the red billiard table. Just this opulent library. The Christmas trees are still lit, but the the seven or the eight sided stars are not lit anymore. Mm. Very curious. Did they their fertility ritual is over? So those those stars come down, possibly. Mm-hmm. This is probably my favorite scene in the film. Outside of the mask, the obvious oh, mask really? okay. ball and everything. Yeah, this is incredible. Just the acting. Yeah. When he finally just cuts to the chase and says, you know, if you knew who those people were, I don't think you'd sleep so well. Yeah. Just says everything. Yeah, that was a terrific party the other night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, like, what, which one? Yeah. Irony. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, now you're thinking how many layers, you know, Ziggler's at the other party. Yeah, like, of course. Going into this sort of like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And they both have to play like they're chummy chummy. Yeah. It'd be like after it'd be like after a uh you, you go into a wedding and the bachelor party went nuts. Right, right, right. Like, hey, like, how good to see you again. Yeah. Whoa, Candace. yeah. How is yeah. uh you know, how's Candace yeah. doing? Is she excited right. for the big day? Right, right, right. Uh have you had your penicillin yeah. shots? Yeah, well, we're just we're just so happy for you, you know. Yeah. She doesn't know about the credit card, does she? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, here we go. Continuity. When Dr. Harford talks to Victor Ziegler at the pool table, the position of the cue, the balls, and the chalk changes. I'm sure there's not some sort of astrological significance to every <laughs> single placement of every single ball and cue sure. on the table. Yeah. As we need we need some like weaponized <laughs> autist to like do astrological charts. I'm I'm not even joking. Stanley Kubrick needs you. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee I mean they're missing the point that not a goof what's yeah. he trying to say. There's right. just no way. Yeah. yeah. Or he's just having a laugh. He's just uh I mean he could know. be purposely putting continuity errors in there. Yeah. Not right. thematically, but to screw with. I mean, that's a possibility. But. Exactly. Yeah, us I, yeah, it could be directed at us. People, right. Yeah. 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 You know, and not to be fixating here, but I'm noticing the red green theme again. Yeah. The fixtures and the table. Yeah. Beyond mm-hmm. just the Christmas connotations here you know we joke about it being a christmas movie but it's that specific combination yet again yes and that blue that eerie blue light which yeah in the background oh he says yeah yeah I'm sorry, Victor. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what in the hell are you talking about? Right, right. <laughs> Woo! I was there. Of course you were. He's still got to act. He still plays dumb. Imagine Harvey Keitel in this role. <laughs> Be a little different. Doesn't quite work the same. Yeah. You never Sidney know. Sidney Pollock is a little more either. avuncular. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Harvey Keitel has a menace, even yeah. when he's yeah, being Car- nice. Yeah. He can pull off, this guy can pull off the sort of banality of evil kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Sort of. He's just a regular kind of guy. He happens to be really right. rich. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Bought those early. It's old, <laughs> old crypto money. Old, old crypto money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tesla down seventy-two percent from all-time high. Ooh, wow. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. And then and Nick Knight and Nick Nightingale and oh my god, they they beat him up. They beat up my musician friend. That's that's how you you know you're starting to get to a bad place when your musician friends start to get beat up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like think in America that you're starting, you know, you're starting to get ratcheted down. You're like my jazz playing buddy yeah. got knocked around by some toughs. <laughs> I'm in serious trouble. Somebody call a doctor. I am the doctor. <laughs> mob, mob, mob tactics. Yeah. Yeah. All, all Bill could think about is having to deal with the insurance. <laughs> They, they oh. messed up his teeth. I, uh, don't I, cover forgo- that. I forgot that Ziggler played his hand and said, I had you followed. Interesting. Yeah. I forgot that little detail. Yep. Of course, it's Ziggler's responsibility. This right. is this the buck is stopping at Ziggler yeah. because he this group of people, he's it's Ziggler's ass here. Right, right. 
because yeah. he is their access now. Right. And there are people above Ziggler, right? It's oh, rich yeah. and powerful. Ziggler's not the end. He, yep. is, he is their face. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And all they do, this is the other thing that's amusing about this, is all they do, like Stanley, all he had to do was think about movies and think about his movies and think about every single scene and every single shot and every single item and every single number on every single door of every single thing. All these people have to do now Mm -hmm. is focus on Bill Harford. Mm. It's this game of chess. He doesn't even know he's in it. He wants to get out of it. Sure. Uh, there's no way he'll ever catch up to their level. No. Yeah, those were not just ordinary people there. If I told you their names, I'm not going to tell you their names. But if <laughs> I did, I don't think you'd sleep so well. Imagine. I'd just, I, oh, I'd just be so bad. Oh, my God. You just want to leave the city. You'd right. be like, uh, yeah, how do you get wanna, out of wanna, this? You'd want to move to Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. There was no second <laughs> password. Yeah, he made all these amateurish mistakes. Or that when they took your code, they found the receipt from the rental uh house in your pocket made out to you know who. Yeah, you're not you're not cut out for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it gives you this false sense of security, like he's the Sidney Pollock character is gets Bill on side and everything's gonna be okay. Right. And I think most people leave the film feeling that way and don't pay strict attention to the final scene, which we are going to do. And we will discuss it ad nauseum on the After Dark <laughs> for Patreon. The last After Dark of 2022. Patreon.com slash Art of Dark Pod. Thank you, Brad. I, you say it now. Say it. You want Patreon.com slash Art of Dark Pod. Woo! Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, she was a hooker. Yeah, I love that. That red billiard table is just striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine having this room in your house in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, geez. <laughs> Apparently, this is like a hotel in Knightsbridge in in London. Uh, uh, now the uh, it now makes the other sense. other half. It, it does. There is something interesting about these great interiors actually being not in New York, right? Because it's like these these places do probably exist in New York. Oh, the- Oh, they do. They yeah. do. But, but it's not, it adds sort of to that sort of fantasy element of the whole mm. thing. Right. Yeah. These people are living in a different world inside of our world. Correct. Yes. Mm. Yes. And he's got this weird model ship in the background. And right. it's almost like you have this, it was this, the ship that his family made their <laughs> right. fortune on in right. the Dutch, right. where the blah, blah. And like, how far back does this money go? Like, right. it goes back centuries. Mm. Bill, you're a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Do doctor stuff. Yeah. He's probably from Ohio or something. Right. He's a doctor yeah. from Rhode Island. Yeah. 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 He's from the Midwest or whatever. 
It's funny too because Pollock has this look that like <laughs> this is funny. When it was announced that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman would be making the film with Stanley Kubrick, Vincent D'Onofrio, who played Private Pile, of course, mm-hmm. had the this open advice for them: rent a house or apartment because you're gonna be in England for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You Pollock turns this all around and and uh the Ziggler character and kind of almost makes it like Bill, I'm trying to save you here. Right. You're I'm your friend here, buddy. Uh, and there's this this thick tension because of course Bill knows now knows his secret, and now he's admitted he was at the party too. Mm-hmm. So who has what on whom? And then the dead, there's the dead woman. Yeah, who who he saved at the party, which is just like. Yeah. Oof. I know what that looks like. And it's like. Did he kill her because she overdosed at his, at his party and he saw her or did he kill her? Because of the ritual at the goofy second party. Right. Which we now know must be real because the Pollock character is confirming yeah. it. Right. But Bill had taken a few puffs. So it has the the whole passage has this, pop, you know, feeling of a dream. Mm-hmm. Very, very strange. And then he starts to act here. He starts to act like Nicole Kidman earlier during the battle like oh. look at him he even he's even st- he sort of it's almost like he's channeling her from that earlier scene yeah the woman lying dead at the morgue was the woman at the party and was the same woman right who you who you treated at the other party mm. <laughs> it's like an escher all these people do is have parties Z- Ziggler's getting ready for the next party. <laughs> yeah. 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 What kind of fucking charade ends up with uh, with somebody turning up dead? You've been way out of your depth for the last 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. Somebody's got the sound on. I can hear it. Oh boy. Yeah. What I, I don't know. I, I think this, this movie is, uh, is wildly uh, underrated. Travis in the chat says Pollock is doing vulnerability as a threat here. And it's great. He's threatening just by offering a little information. So good. Yeah. You could feel the threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming across from from Pollock, he he, he uh, from Sydney Pollock. He's playing, yeah, multiple actions at once. He wants one final thing. It's a negotiation. It's it's just so uh, so well acted. Such a fun fun. Uh, yeah, and it's the same one who OD'd in my bathroom. You remember mm-hmm. the hooker that OD'd at my Christmas party? <laughs> like, yeah, that slightly <laughs> earlier line. Nothing suspicious. Really yeah. sticks with me. Yeah. Just she got her brains uh fucked out, went home, overdosed. Nothing to see here. Nobody killed anybody. Someone died. It happens all the time. 
life goes on life goes on and our and our fortune will go on another 500 years yeah we've had this fortune for 500 years we're gonna keep it for another 500 years you schmuck <laughs> and your kids will your kids will be doctors and my kids will be whatever my kids are gonna be because yeah. we're on a different fucking planet mm hmm mm. There we go. Last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So now we now you know we kind of repeat this beat where he comes home again. It's taken at a different angle than we've walked home before, walked into the house before, right? Because it's like he, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but he lives in a different kind of reality than he lived in 24 hours earlier. When Bill enters his apartment for the last time, right before he discovers the mask and his pillow, there is a stack of Stanley Kubrick videos on the long table under the painting. The one on the top is Full Metal Jacket. Huh. I would not have <laughs> catched. I could have watched this another 10 times. I wouldn't have caught that. Uh, this is a world where Stanley Kubrick's movies exist. Right. Hey, is it just me or is some of the art changed? I could I doesn't tripping. look the same. I don't know. You'd have to go it, it back. It just could be right? the lighting. Yeah, yeah that creepy lighting. blue lighting. That's why. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And of course, there's more of that lighting every single time we come back to his apartment, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like something is gradually kind of taking over the space. Creeping. This is so funny there. too because he goes and he he grabs a Bud Light. <laughs> it's just like totally just a honey. I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. You think you think Ziggler ever comes home and cracks open a Bud Light? No. <laughs> Ziggler opens up a 20-year right. PDI lace. And right. uh yeah, and the maid and, never and, has, and the and the maid yeah. never has a day off in Ziggler's. Right, right. Yeah. The maid's doing double duty. Yeah. He's got Mandy's friends are on speed dial. Yeah. As soon as the funeral's over, it's back to partying. Yeah, that he just he, there's so much pathos pouring out of him here. I I think Tom Cruise is great in this. I know people have mixed opinions about Cruise, but I I think he's great in this. I'm generally not hot on, but I think he was really just masterful in this. Mm, he's good. He's he was the perfect casting. It works great. Yeah, this scene where he I mean he kneels in the bed and his eyes are welling up and he. If you've ever, hypothetically, fellas, if mm. you've ever had someone be unfaithful, or if you yourself have ever been unfaithful, mm. or if you've ever thought about being unfaithful, and you come back into the shared dream of the relationship, and you have to deal with it, mm -hmm. it's a trauma. Sure. Like a, like a dream. Yeah. And... That's what you're seeing represented here through through art. Mm. So even though it's it's abstracted through this highly symbolic uh, film about class and social standing and anxiety and conspiracy theories and yeah. lots of other motifs, fundamentally, it's about that idea, that act of cheating, even if it's spiritual. What does he even say? I'll tell you everything. Yeah. That and then that cut to the jackhammer pounding, right? It's so crazy. 
Yeah, and she's look and no makeup. I mean, she yeah. looks like somebody you could see at the grocery store there with mm-hmm. her eye, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're crashing back into reality, and right. uh, they still have the holidays. Yeah, yeah, you still got to have Christmas presents are still wrapped, man. Yeah, and when he says, "I'll tell you everything," yeah, how much everything? everything? Did he yeah. did he tell her? And see, is the implication here now, the implication, now let's go with this idea that their daughter gets kidnapped. Mm. Is his house bugged at this right. point? How far would these people go? They've been uh, in his house. Uh, oh, because of the mask? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Well, wait, did he leave the mask at the party or did he, he didn't he bring the mask home? Well, it was in the safe. Wasn't it? He put it in the safe. He put all that stuff in. He put all those clothes in the safe. And then when he went to the costume shop, the mask wasn't in the bag anymore. Hmm. So I think the implication is that they either Uh, stole it or they stole it off. They they took it off him as he was leaving the party or something Mm. um, and then put it on Mm. his pillow as an intimidation kind of thing. Right. Right. So, you know, again, it is the implication that yeah how far will they bugged. go yeah they seem to know yeah, everything no, I don't know. about him all his moves right they've is. been following him so yeah. when he says i'll tell you everything has has he told her about ziggler yeah and if did he so tell her, did he tell her about going to the morgue to, to look what at- would be your what would be your next move so here there goes the daughter pay attention strict attention to the daughter in this final scene <laughs> all right yeah there are going to be some bears at some point and one of the bears will stand out and at some point the daughter will be whisked away by men that you will recognize from earlier in the film if you were paying attention at Ziegler's party and these two are so caught up in their own affairs that they let their daughter wander around a busy uh toy store in New York City during the holidays with their eyes wide shut <laughs> I had to say it. That's where that's where that's where Kevin said the name of the movie. <laughs> I mean, she looks Nicole Kidman looks fabulous there too with that uh, that coat. Mm-hmm. Just such a classic look. Mm-hmm. The tremendous hype around the release of this. Here it is in the background. These are the men from earlier. See? She turns around, looks at them, and she's gone. Hmm. The most widely circulated rumor was that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman played married psychiatrists having love affairs with their patients. That's what people thought the movie was going to be about. (laughs) And this is in, this is Hamley's Toy Shop, Regent Street, London, England, UK. Jingle Bells, instrumental. That's music. Thank you, X-Ray. Will in in the telegram says, teddy bears don't have any negative connotations in Kubrick's work. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to think about other teddy bears in Kubrick. Hmm. The Shining. Mm-hmm. Little, That's the one teddy? I immediately thought of. Is there a teddy bear in The Shining? Yeah, a little boy. What's the little boy's name? Danny. Danny. I think Danny. Is has Danny have a teddy? Danny has a teddy bear. Yeah. Danny's molestation. I'm getting. I'm getting the updates here. Oh, okay, right. The Shining, of course. Yeah. Does it? Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you, Will. It's a good catch. 
Yeah, and Travis is right here. Uh, this is my favorite cruise performance for sure. And they go on and they have a three-minute dialogue together. Their daughter has gone missing. She turns around and looks after them, like looks at them and disappears yeah. around the corner with some men from Ziggler's party. <laughs> Mommy, daddy. Right. I don't want to go to little St. James. <laughs> Oh, oh! <laughs> I can tell you, like having having children and having had a daughter that age, you don't, you would not. What they're doing here is wildly irresponsible. It's, it's like you, you know, if you're taking your eyes off the road for a second, okay, but three minutes, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, in a busy toy store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just today I, we we came back from shopping at Costco and my my son got out the side door and we both you just yeah. you stop everything and you just go and and this is in a perfectly safe neighborhood not surrounded by strangers but you just think oh my god because he could my son is like a little dare like a yeah. he's a Tasmanian devil he'll run into the alley yeah you just you just go okay yeah. yeah. and these two I mean look they're not they're not looking after her at all it's right Pain there in your face attention. yep yep. It's very creepy. We're going to go into this on the After Dark, patreon.com slash Art of Dark Pod. Thank you for joining us for this Eyes Wide Shut watch party. Dexter, yeah, awesome. Fun. We need to do, there's one thing that we need to do as soon as possible. What's that? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what a, gr- I love the, I love that ending of the yeah, movie. It's quite good. It's so quite dark. Good. Yes. Ooh. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know how, if I feel differently about Eyes Wide Shut, but I'm so glad I got to share my annual screening of this banger with yeah. you and our friends in the Telegram. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. And movies. I, I that's I think the third time I've seen it. It always leaves me feeling. I it's unsettling. I mean, it's supposed yeah, to be. You but... can't feel good after watching this. You just no. Yeah, it makes you feel weird about your own. You know temptations and predilections and yeah it's (laughs) eyes right shut merry christmas (laughs) merry christmas indeed (laughs) wonderful job dexter wonderful job brad thank you for all the comments in telegram we're going to leave the telegram chat open for a bit but we are going to take a break let the audio come down and render we're going to come back for the after dark and we're going to talk more about stanley kubrick we're going to talk more about eyes what shut we'll probably talk a little bit about what we got coming for season three although if you're following along you know by now we got some big things planned book club lots of banger episodes we're going for two core episodes a month that's 24 episodes ish we're going to do art of darkness live in saint paul sometime in the early summer we got so much stuff going on please support the pod patreon.com slash art of dark pod when you think about what we do and the effort we put in independent media, what we're really trying to do, I don't, I, does another podcast like ours exist that's doing, I don't think so. Not, not the core episodes, man. I think that's a, I think that's a one of a kind thing out there. And you everything else we do is completely unique in my yeah. experience. And I certainly love it. I love uh, these opportunities that I've had to come share this with you. You guys are spectacular <laughs> listeners. It's totally worth it. Subscribe yeah. now. Well, thanks, Dexter, man. It's good. Thanks, it's good. To, it's good to be talking to you again for sure, man. It's uh, it's it's, you know, it, 
Art of Darkness, some of it at least is the friends we've made along the way. So Merry Christmas to both of you guys. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Art of Darkness really is about the friends and victims. That we've... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back in the After Dark in a few minutes.